thing's going to run out. We uh we got to make this quick, Dale. Sorry, we're just going to have to jump into all the shit because my battery's about to die. Let's jump in the shit. Right on. Hey, you ever hear the story about the two guys that get on top of the roof? They got to roof the barn. Ah. No. The two guys, one's an idiot and one's dumber than him. And they get up on top of the barn and the, the dumber one knocks the ladder down. So they're both stuck up on top of the roof and they start looking for a place to jump because you, you know, you gotta get down. They're out there in the middle of nowhere. Farmer's gone. He might not be back for days. They might never even know they're going to starve up there on top of the roof. So they look for us. They see a hay, hay pail. Perfect for jumping in, except there's a pitchfork right in the fucking middle of it. So that's out. And then they see a pile of manure, just a big, huge, you know, nasty pile of manure. Uh-huh. They decide they can jump in that. And well, the dumb one says to the dumber one, hey, you jump first because it's your fault. And he says, all right, no problem. So he jumps first. The guy yells down. I can't see him. He's like, how deep is it? He says, it's up to my ankles. No, that ain't so bad. He made it through there. So I'm going to jump. He jumps. And he lands and it's up to his fucking chest. He's just covered in shit. He's like, what the fuck were you talking about? It's up to your ankles. And the dumber one says, I jumped head first. <laughs> Which is now officially the longest intro to straight to the point, completely off topic with your host, Kyle Dunbar and his good friend, Dale Callahan. How you doing, Dale Callahan? I'm doing pretty fucking fantastic. I'm happy to be talking to you. Uh, me too. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I always love talking to you anyways, but I yeah. do got to confess. I'm sorry. I'm already off to manipulate or what do they call it? Conversation domination. I know I'm oh. on that role. That's okay. But, I understand this about you. It's your show. But yeah, like two, three hours ago, we were at the Astronomicon. Bunch of stars out there, you know, signing autographs and shit. 20 bucks for a fucking selfie with Xbox. Um <laughs> And uh, the, the godfather is out there, Papa Shango and, uh, and, you know, our good friend Steve from the GWC and everybody else, Jamie Madrox, uh, Monoxide Child, and, and a bunch of geeks like me just going around, you know, getting autographs and buying shit, spending all kinds of money. And uh, my friend knows Darren McCarty, and he introduced me, and Darren is fucking awesome. And uh, anyways, now I can shut up. Okay, well, that sounds like a great day. Shutting up? Was it? It, no, was. No, was it? it was a pretty great day, dude. Was it right? Yeah, Sebastian. Then I ended up having to judge a contest, and uh, there's a, mic, a panel of mics set up in front of me. They didn't tell me they're on, so they're hot, and I'm talking shit about these tattoos going down. And Candy had waved me down in the background. I'm like, hey, Candy's waving me down. And then she's pointing to the, st- the speakers. <laughs> I'm like, she's waving me down. She's pointing the speakers. Oh, she's pointing at my mouth. Oh, my mouth must be coming out of them speakers. Oh, shit. I've been talking a lot of smack about these tattoos, ain't I? <laughs> Whoops. Juggalo convention. You got to expect you're going to see some shitty tattoos. Is that where you were? Uh, there were a lot of, you know, Twisted is with ICP. Or they signed under their album uh, or their, their record label back in the day. I don't know if they still are. I think they are. Island Records, right? And then, um, and so it was a bunch of, you know, face painted juggalos running around and a bunch of horror con people. And if you got horror movies and horror con, you're going to have juggalos anyways. So, you know, we could almost say, (laughs) was like, I want to actually spend some time. Maybe we should make up some jokes. Like if, if you're, if your fat sack of shit, nasty wife 
under boob tastes like Fago, you might be a juggalo. You might be a juggalo. Is that too mean to say? It shouldn't be mean because it's like because that's I, us. I'm feel, I'm I'm there. I know you're there. I feel like that is a, a like that's almost like a badge of honor there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even to have a fat nasty floppy fucking wife or some shit like that. Um, because you know, like Fago. Yeah, fast buddy Betty. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody's kink and I ain't here to shame it. I am not here to shame your kink. Sloppy I'm Susie. down with it. What's that? Flip sloppy Susie. Sloppy Susie. Fat sweaty Betty. Yeah. Is there a whole bunch of them? Hey, Janky Jessica. I I uh I got into ICP a little bit when I was younger, but the clown uh-huh. thing threw me off, man. I just don't like clowns. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I um, it's one of the most unfortunate things about me, I guess, probably is my my love of of uh, clown makeup and clown shit. <laughs> you watching that uh, new John Wayne Gacy documentary yet? Not that kind of clown, <laughs> but I guess they actually, I guess these guys kind of act like those kinds of clowns, don't they? I feel like that's the funny part about ICP is when you start taking it too seriously as a hater, you're right. just as bad as somebody who takes it seriously as a lover of, you know, like. They're wearing clown makeup and you're trying to point out the idios, the problems with their lyrics. Like they're wearing clown makeup, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just not clowns scare me a little bit. Um, really? Yeah. Not like bad scary, trip to the circus like, or what? Oh, uh, my mom had a friend when I was like a child and we ended up uh, staying with her over like the summer for some reason or another. And she loved mm-hmm. walked into this uh, kitchen and there was this clown. <laughs> everywhere they're traumatizing and like <laughs> like, like ceramic clowns or just clown yeah, clowns paintings yes. of clowns, clown dolls like porcelain clown dolls yeah well uh i'm sorry that happened with clowns because clowns don't mean to hurt you man they love you no i know they're supposed to make you happy that doesn't <laughs> wait for me isn't that funny now what about um i th- i think i always kind of like clowns a little bit because for some strange reason i think my dad liked emmett kelly smith does that sound f- familiar or no. maybe just paintings of emmett kelly smith it was like there was only small bits of art in my life uh they were all like christian magazines and they had sure. awesome art depicting terrible terrible things <laughs> about <laughs> society and people and they were the most interesting part about them. And then it would get boring and they'd be talking about Christ and there's something yeah, I, like, but then there's Christ. And like, well, yeah. now let's get back to the gang fights and the motorcycles with all the sex and drugs. It's all bullshit, man. <laughs> um, and then there was Emmett Kelly Smith. Uh, the, I don't know why I remember several paintings of sad clowns. If you're familiar with Emmett Kelly Smith, he's like, oh, this, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yep. Sad, sad clown. clown painting. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of neat in its own right, but sad clown. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch Baskets the Clown? No, you don't like clowns. No. Well, Baskets the Clown may give you a different uh, outlook on it. It's done by Zach Galifianakis. It's produced by Louis C.K. And it stars Zach Zach Galifianakis and um, Louis Anderson. Okay. Sounds like Anderson. It's awesome. It really is. But he's a French clown. So it may not be, you know what I mean? Is there subtitles? 
but uh, it's all in English. He's only in, he actually, he enrolls in a clown school. It starts out there. He, he enrolls in a France clown school. His mother helps him get there and stuff and uh, pays all the money for it. Doesn't speak a lick of, of fucking, <laughs> of fucking French. And so he's just the dunce inside of the classroom, which if you really think about clowning. Yeah, he's winning. Yes. However, he's made a fool of in front of his fellow clowns because he has no idea what the fuck they're saying. I find that hilarious. And I think he does, too. I mean, there's a great irony there. He goes out in the streets that night and he meets some other like fellow clowns and they run through the streets doing clown ass shit. And for some reason, they accept him. And then he's hooked as a clown, brings it back to America and the troubles that that come from being a clown. You know, they're surprising. Sad clown. Sad clown. Yeah, it's not like this happy, necessary story. Very dramatic, uh, dry humor. But some of the some of the best. What's a good dry food? Um, dog food. Yes, yeah, some of the best dog food. I should have known better than ask somebody. Have we figured out the disease you have yet, brother? Oh, it's, um, not, it's not celiac. It's not celiac. I think it's just some kind of autoimmune thing that a bunch of my fucking shit went haywire a few years ago. And now I can't eat a lot of things. Drink beer, drink alcohol. Well, you know, I, I pick poisons just to help my help me through the day. Yeah, actually, we were just talking. You were drinking a, a uh, seltzer, hard seltzer water, right? Yeah, a hard seltzer. Yep. But it's so bad, too, that if I'm, am I mistaken? I've heard this. Maybe it's just a joke. But if, if your wife eats something heavy in gluten and, and kisses you, like, you'll have the hives or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right on. So that's got to make it really fun looking for food. Yeah, especially on the road. Holy shit. <laughs> Is it just rice patty someday? No, no, no. Um, it's just stuff without bread. Like I'll go grab some like lunch meats and some vegetables or whatever from a supermarket if it boils down to that. And as the years have gone by since I started doing this, mm-hmm. uh, it's gotten a lot easier. Like I'll go back to the same cities for the shows or whatever. And like, it's like, oh, I got this little app, right? Called find me gluten free. And uh, I go on the ah. app, tells you like how far away things are. And then they got ratings from people like with celiac and whatever. And uh, that is yeah. awesome. It really right on. It, it's been a great tool, but like every year I go to the same cities over and over and it's like the list gets longer and longer and the ratings get better and better at certain places. So it's becoming easier. It's definitely becoming like more aware that this is a serious thing that people. Yeah. Really from. I and, wonder this could be a good sign. It could be a bad sign. Perhaps there's more and more people offering those options. Uh, because there's more and more awareness of it, but perhaps there's more and more awareness of it because it's occurring more and more often inside of our yes. fucked up diet scheme. Really what's happening as it goes on, I meet more and more people all the time and they're like, yeah, you know, it used to just be like this thing every now and then if I ate like bread, I'd get like nauseous and sick or like, you know, I'd break out in hives or I'd get like joint inflammation or insomnia. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I go through all those things every time I get glutened, you know. Glutened? Glutened. Is that what it is? Yeah, they call <laughs> you it get glutened. Yeah, and when it's I'm a verb now. Or glutarded is another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that if, like, if I'm, sense, glutened, I'm glutarded. 
send to voicemail. People trying to talk to me, man. No, I can't talk be talking to my friend. Yeah. When you're talking, I'm talking now. That's a, uh, hey, you remind me of the apps. Let's give a plug so people can know who the fuck you are because oh, you're yeah. being listened to right now in over 50 countries. That's awesome. Hopefully. Out I think. Right now, that's great. Watching this thing happen for you. I like look at the map that Candy posts and I see like all of America is red. And like before, it was like just spots. It's like you're breaking out in little spots. And now you've got like full grown infestations in some countries. Yeah. It looks like people are eating too much gluten or something. Exactly. It's just, it's just spreading like wildflower. <laughs> it's spreading though. Uh, Australia. I've got some friends. Now, people are just awesome. And thanks for all the support. Dale, what is your Instagram though? So we can know who you are. Spider monkey. You're nothing without what? Spider monkey. Spider monkey sauce. It's <laughs> a good name for you, man. All lowercase, a one word. It is. Where does that come from? Uh, just, I don't know. I think a long time ago at a convention, I was wiling out and having a good old time. This is a long time ago. It was like 2004, maybe 2005. I don't know. But I was just having a really good weekend and I'm kept making spider monkey references because I'm like the smaller statured person, you know, and I climb a lot of shit. How tall and, are you? Um, five, four. Um, five, four. Very animated. And I'll do ridiculous shit. Like I'll climb a little bit things. animated. Yeah, you yeah. are the only person I have ever witnessed do a planche to a standing handstand. And you did it like you knew. I, I told you I was trying to train to do a planche because I eventually wanted to be able to do a handstand from the planche position. Thought that would be awesome. And then you were like, hmm, what is that? I described it to you. And you fucking did it. <laughs> I remember that. That was many. I, I pretty much quit training for doing a planche after that. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't stop training. See the key. I blame is it I, on you, man. It's your, the it's reason all your I'm fault. Five four is I got small legs, so I don't have that much weight on the back end. Most people do. So it's just easier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's probably all kinds of reasons. I just know that I was like, fuck. No, I say it wasn't you at all. Uh, but I have stopped doing it because my joints, my shoulders really started to get the brunt of it. Yeah. And uh, I developed some, uh, you know, we already got pain as yeah. tattoo artists. Oh, yes. I'm a little bit of back pain here and there. I'm trying to remedy those things, actually. What's your way to remedy them? Remedy them. Uh, I, I like since I was a kid, I nerded out on martial arts. And uh, right now I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> it's called Shaolin 18 low hand palm, basically like a Chinese yoga, but it really like mobility and breath work down. But like the guy that's teaching me taught me some things for my shoulder. It's always a stretching arm. I, what a weird name for your 18. What low hand palm Shaolin 18 low hand palm. Not to be confused with 19 high hand palm. Right. Or, <laughs> or the mid-range palm. None of those. It's all low right. And definitely nowhere near. We don't even fuck with them. <laughs> what mid-range knee guys. Right. Fuck those guys with fuck their them. knees. <laughs> so why the palm? What's what's 18 about um, the palm? I think it's just it's 18 movements. And like throughout okay. the you're um you're doing movements with your hands and it's like 18 palms of the, of the form. Um, it's actually like pretty legit stuff. Like as far as like history goes, um, like came from Shaolin. Uh, so 
that's really neat to me. Like I said, I'm a nerd about that stuff, you know, like all you those ain't shaved things. your head like the Shaolin yeah. monks yet. Well, I'm not a monk. You've, you've okay. with me before, you know, better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you have to do? Do you know more about it than what do you have to do to be a monk? Um, well, you kind of got to get accepted into a monastery and, uh, like, but after that, like you can be a normal dude, can't you? You can just be a normal, just dress funny. Am I wrong? Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess you could be a normal dude that wants to be a monk and want a monk. Um, I know, but even after you're a monk, except in the Shaolin, I heard that I heard this recently, maybe I'm way off, but that you could still have a wife and kids like a oh, normal I, life. I have no idea. Maybe like after you do the thing or whatever, I, I have, I really don't know it that well. And I'm not that nerdy on it. I'm just like, Oh, that style, that style, you know, it's, it's all martial arts. Yeah. To me. Um, but yeah, just like Billy Joel, Billy Joel, it's all martial arts to me. <laughs> what's the matter with your kung fu kicking can't you see that you're out of style all right hey we actually talked about this we were gonna just do karaoke mm. dude <laughs> man my voice is not on today but man shit uh, well karaoke. uh let's do it we can save them we can save them we i don't do need to hurt people like karaoke. that what kind of karaoke like outtakes karaoke outtakes we'll have to record ourselves at every karaoke bar we go to traveling the nation doing tattoo conventions and being yeah. ridiculous having fun and which then, we've made it to like one that i can recall yeah how many have you gone to maybe i'm wrong are you kidding like a lot really i i minneapolis was the one that i recall and i've never Barbecue been to point? that place is great it was awesome yes remember but that dude was out there doing like a, a song from um uh, mother wolf or something like super high falsetto nailing every fucking one wolf mother or yeah gonna take your mama out tonight or something <laughs> like that and then another dude was doing sam cook right after it like spot on yes yes and you're like you know what i don't need to get up there with have a little help for my friends <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but i will oh wait you no, will wait. yes then we do i actually i think i was backing you up that night I was yes. doing the vocals. Yeah. Okay. All right. I yeah, well, that. actually, I think you knew more of the lyrics than I did, or like they played a version that I wasn't as I familiar it. with, or something. I don't know if it was the Beatles version or if it was. Yeah, Joe I think it was the Beatles for it version. But Joe no, you don't. Have you done the like? Go to the bar, do the Joe Cocker version, and you start getting about into I don't know, fifteen minutes of wow, just when abstract. Woodstock, that's private Woodstock version. He's so high on it, brown acid or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it fucking goes on for a while. He's and then like all this is transcribed on your karaoke, and you're like, I know um it was probably something to be there, but I cannot recreate his acid trip currently. <laughs> I've tried a couple times, it's really difficult. Have you seen Bill? Oh, excuse me, is it Bill John Belushi do the impersonation of Joe Cocker? my god no is it an snl thing yes and he does it right next to joe cocker <laughs> <laughs> and like joe cocker was not informed of the joke prior <laughs> <laughs> if i'm understanding that came out like spot on same fucking outfit like tight white pants and fucking weird little sailor suit shoot sir all like totally like 
turning in on each other as he's like yeah and then joe cocker's you know hitting his shit and getting a little weird with it like he does and then john belushi's taking it over to the comedy side it was good it's good stuff yeah good stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up later that's great i love joe cocker it's good kid now you also love tattoos yes i like you like that segue there yes that was great i did that (laughs) what kind of tattoos do you love the most um i like doing like neo-traditional japanese style um yeah, like, why don't you do it more often um i don't know i'm being a dick you've been doing a fuck ton of it lately it's been looking awesome honestly it feels like oh hey man i might get into that niche level where like people actually come to me for that but uh, i think as just a lot of it is like before is like just coming up younger you just did what came in the door you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like like i've always kind of like we're a customer based service kind of thing you know what i mean i tattoo what people want on them you know right but then you decide to become dale motherfucking callahan right and i feel as though i've been watching this change because every show i go to there's at least one piece that you're doing that i can see that you love yeah i mean you can see your soul through it you know yes i would agree yeah how does that feel oh it's wonderful man I'm like i want give me more of that like how I did it come up come to that, be well actually I, I don't don't give me more of it let me give you more of it why what do you mean Oh, good. Oh, let, you want to give people more of those tattoos? Let me do some badass shit on you that like I'm fucking so into, you know, I'm still going to do a good tattoo on you. But like this will be like 100 percent plus fucking 5000. I don't know. Right. Well, you're getting this because of my passion for it. Really? Yes. There's something that attracted you. Do you do this? The spiritual and sales job where you're like, hey, man, something attracted you to my shit, man. And it's not because you want to get so-and-so's name on you. Right. <laughs> you like this shit, man. Right. Now, I know that you got your heart set on that stupid tattoo you had your heart set on. But Just the reason me. you're here ain't, ain't because of your stupid tattoo. It's because you want this tanuki with balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you putting balls on tanukis? Well, that's what their thing is. A tanuki is like a, some weird Japanese hybrid um, mythical creature. Kind of looks like a squirrel, kind of looks like a raccoon, but it's got these tremendous balls and they can sit on these balls or they shape shift these balls. They can curmudgeon and like club people with these balls. Like, really? They can use their balls as a sack. They can, I mean, they are, but like, <laughs> they are, they'll, yeah. they'll carry things in it. The Tanuki, T A N U K I. It's really a cool little fucking creature. And um, you've been into putting them on people really just because you get to put your balls on everything? Well, no, not necessarily just that. It's just the way you were leading into the spiritual thing, you know. Oh, are like, they spiritual? Sure. My balls are. How about yours? <laughs> <laughs> My wife be worshiping at them all the time. <laughs> no, Tanuki, I was not aware. And that's one of the things that uh, people, if they come up to me for some Japanese shit, I, I tend to not do it because there is... You, it's not that you have to know, right? But you right. already know. I do. James know. already knows. James. People well, we know already know. And James. they should probably do it. I was James. We seen yeah. him in DC. You weren't there though, were you? I know. I was not there, but I saw pictures of him and he looks happy <laughs> and fucking pretty decent and healthy. And like honestly, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe that whole COVID thing. Like, I've always loved James' work. I've uh-huh. with him like way back in the day, kind of thing, and like was like I was like, holy shit, I'm fucking tattooing and hanging out with James Vaughn. 
This is rad. James fucking Vaughn. James fucking mm-hmm. Vaughn. I'm James and, Vaughn. Yeah. You know? And then uh, you're friends with him. You you watch him go through. But but what do you mean? The COVID you think was good in a fashion? Uh, I think maybe just the downtime away from tattooing. And like now, like I'm seeing some of the stuff he's doing. And it's got something extra in it, you know? Yeah. A little fire. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe it was a break. Maybe it was like whatever he went through while he was going through COVID. Fucking. I remember he was already on an upward tick of of that somewhat after he got back from um didn't he do a teaching stint on Ink Masters or something like that? Yes. Or a, yeah. a, a mentor yeah. or a coach stint. Yeah. And he came back and he was talking about he's like, these kids, Kyle. Fuck. <laughs> Let me show these kids how it done. <laughs> well, he wasn't talking like that. He was like, they're fucking awesome. He's like, you can't. Oh, okay, and, okay. But all what I noticed was he he took at least that weekend, he took a little more time with his line work. It was like crispy. Yes. <laughs> like he did a seven or his nine round like he usually might. And then he kind of hit the edges or something, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like uh, I'm already fast as fuck. Let's slow it down just a touch and it'll still be fast as fuck. But yeah, it's pretty fast. And, uh, you know, that's probably got a lot to do with it, too. That ink master thing. But it's weird how we do that. We like get up to somewhere and then we kind of plateau for a while and we're like, okay, here's our art. And then, you know, we go through something or, you know, just time progresses and like we get that extra kick in the ass and we, you know, we level up, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I- it comes from working with somebody like you working with James, you say, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best way to do it. Honestly. You ever we- find it too from when you, when you teach anybody something. Yeah. Honestly, and you like, yourself learn it. <laughs> when I was trying to teach my kid how to watercolor when he was little and stuff, I was like me just going through and like not having any agenda with it other than to show him how it's done. I was like, man, I just busted that out in like five minutes. And it's like, I mean, it's whatever. It was like a Zelda mm-hmm. thing that he was into at the time. And I was like, that's pretty dope, actually. Fuck, I didn't even try. But I think it's because you, you're focusing on this like aspect of like sharing your knowledge with somebody that like the the whole internal battle of like is this good or is like what am i doing like all this focus and attention to detail was gone you know what i mean i'm just like really simply just trying to show him how to put paint on paper and use water with it you know and then are you possibly then um maybe you're a new stuff but you almost learn as you try and filter well what is the good to share right and exactly. what is just the stuff that was kind of in the way and now as you try and sift through it you begin really realizing you got like some diamonds in there that you yourself yep. can use. And once I feel once like I've seen that. all that on shit and teaching somebody hacks away that on a shit. Yes. That's perfect. Actually. You taught anybody besides uh, your little guy there. Um, no, you taught anybody or what? Oh no. I've tried to have apprentices, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old school in regards to like, no, it takes time. You got You're not going to be a rock star in two weeks, but most right. of the people, like gave a shot to like generally didn't last like two or three months most and i wasn't that part of a person i was just like you're not just gonna come in here and be a rock star without learning shit you gotta you gotta put your time in dude or dude everybody yeah. wants the award they don't want to do the work exactly it takes time i gotta build a relationship with you first off you know like- right do they go on to other people to teach them that they found different maybe maybe that suited them better or they quit uh yes one guy did um well i I don't know that he got caught but else he actually did some time in prison and then when he came out he was tattooing in prison and then when he came out he actually like started like taking it seriously and like this is a way out of you know all this stuff 
all this bullshit. And he's got a business now in Harrisburg. Um, yeah. But you originally tried to teach him and then yeah. he, he wasn't picking it up. But then he then he went to jail. Yeah. Okay. He was picking it up. We like parted ways. Still friends. You know, it was like, hey, this isn't working out, dude. Like right. you're coming in here when you want. And, and like, that's not how this works at first. You build up, get a couple years under your belt. Then, you know, you got clientele and you're like actually tattooing for real and not yeah. just or when it's convenient for you i i can't teach you anything if you're not present you know i do i i honestly i need to take a look at my own tattooing i i left a girl i thought that we had set it up at two o'clock put it in my calendar at two o'clock alex i'm sorry <laughs> again um and then i showed up at two o'clock and uh i mean it was worse than this really it goes deeper but she'd been waiting for an hour We go back to our text messages and I realized that, you know, I left her waiting for, her. I didn't even apologize to her because when I came in, I thought it was perfect timing. She was right there. You know, I was like, Oh, she must come a little bit early. <laughs> Anyways, I need to work on that. Yeah. I mean, we all do in our own regards. And like, honestly, like there's been points in my career where I was, I don't know, always like an hour behind always, you know, but like in the beginning, when you're starting or you're starting to teach someone, it's like, look, I'm here for you. So we're supposed to be here at this time. And maybe I'm having you come in earlier so that we have some time together and we can kind right. of say and how things are going to go or, you know, whatever, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's not easy. Honestly, it's not like, easy. Have a, uh, I can't even make up to my appointments. Can't imagine trying to make another person make it to my appointment. Right. <laughs> right so if i got yeah. actually maybe it'd work out better because my apprentice would probably already be there and be calling me like kyle this girl's in the lobby right now <laughs> yeah your, your appointment's at one appointment here like an hour ago dude yeah yeah i'm pretty good with that these days though where are you working at now in philly still uh philly then i got a private studio in lebanon pennsylvania and then uh on the road a lot i do a guest spot at ritual moon tattoos in um madison wisconsin pretty regularly very on the road though i do like right. travel. i do it's like i don't know i was just listening to troy's podcast with you uh not too long ago and he's like I, I can't do this day in day out same thing every day it does not work for me. I will go postal, you know, <laughs> like I yeah. need new things. I need to see new things. I need to be around new people all the time. That's healthy for me, you know, and that's a perfect environment at these conventions. I love them. You know, is it, that's what draws you then to it. Well, that in like, okay, everybody here is about tattoos, you know, and so like you <clears throat> learning things and, you know, every time a new product comes out, you're right on the cusp or you can like talk with your homies about it and learn about it before you go purchase it and you know you can do that on the phone too but this is the day in day out like nine to five like i get up this time i go to work till then and then i go home and then i eat dinner and then i watch tv and then i go to bed and like once a week we have sex like i take a bath <laughs> every fucking uh three days and i shower every day in between like i, don't, I can't do that shit you know i got it no i way. do I, I i don't i i think um again that girl was we kept talking about chaos and she began i began thinking about it and i guess my life's a little chaotic i think i i kind of need it that way is that yeah could that be right i think i think that can be right you know you um, need a certain amount of chaos too 
I absolutely do. And like, I don't mean like, whoa, zombie apocalypse chaos or anything like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Things got to be moving for me. And I find peace in that. You know, when I'm actively busy, like I find like a peaceful, like little like Zen place where I'm at. And it's like, cool. And you're in the groove. And like, you know, you don't even know when you're in the groove. You're fucking tattooing at a show. You're fucking bebopping and dancing. I sing all the goddamn time when I'm tattooing. Um, Good man. And I like, like that we're having fucking fun and it's good. And it's like, everything's just natural. Like, fuck, I've been doing tattooing for, you know, a couple decades. Like fucking like, I don't know. You just get in that groove. And that's basically like, we're like surfers waiting for that great wave, you know? And like, what is the great wave? Is it a customer with deep pockets and wanting a bodysuit? With artistic freedom to really put it all out, you know? It is then. Yes. I'll follow you. And honestly, doesn't it seem, it seems to me, that at the conventions, you have an ability to open people's minds up a little bit more than they might in, in the shop or, or something? Yeah. Well, there's an energy at the shows. I mean, like, like the place is buzzing tattoos. So, like, I feel like that kind of thing, I don't want to call it magic or nothing, but like you're Let's in call it magic. Let's call it magic. I'm going to call it the tattoo magic. Um, the magic is happening. It's hard it's to magic. resist that. And like, you know, of course, like a couple people, you know, and they get a couple drinks in them, they get tuned up and they're like, oh man, music's good. Fucking check out this art. This dude's dope. And then you like start talking to him and then you show him your phone and it's like, oh, I want this little tiny, like itty bitty bouquet of flowers with like a really, really tight liner and like some dots. <laughs> like, hey, despite yeah. the thing that you do uh, not being that at all. Right. And then Typically. I'm like, friends right down the way here. In fact, you can talk to them about that. But like, check this shit out, you know, and then like, right. Magic. So it, you'll it, still try it, to sell them on you, right? A little bit. Depends, though. It depends on my mood and where I'm at. Some days I'm like, because we've been doing this a long time. Some days mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I might just, you know, want a couple little walk ups today. And I don't really want to work that much because whatever, like the, the ride here was treacherous and we like right. fucking broke through a blizzard and i'm just stressed out and i like i don't want to work hard because i don't put my all into it because i haven't uh i haven't fucking uh decompressed from the drive here or whatever you know like so you know sometimes I everything, everything's situational you know and sometimes i'm like but check this shit out and you just it's the right person the right time comes up to the booth it's like a magic it's a fucking magic it's like i feel like you mentioned this other thing about this thing. What about this? You know, and like, maybe we can like, you know, take that design and, and throw that away. Okay. We don't need it. <laughs> Is that what you tell them? No. You can't say that, right? You just, we'll it's put a pin in it. Right. Is that what you say? Some people you can, you know, just got to we'll have it. to get back to this one eventually. Yeah. You know, if it's that's a first- better one for next year when I come back and I have a little more time to prepare. Yeah, <laughs> because it uh, takes- not that they're lies. Sure. Often they're truth. You get that sometimes the, the the small tattoo will walk up to you and it will look easy. It looks simple. They, they talk about it simple. You start designing it, putting it together, you know, and then it all starts to change because they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we need this color and I need these th- this writing in there. And I need well, I don't like the way you did the E. Another and, fucking e? Yeah, I don't want to. Um, I mean, 
I love people of all varieties, but there's a tattooer for everyone. And I might not be your tattooer for this instance, you know, like it's a pain in the ass. I mean, it really is. I did but, have somebody like that. I, I don't know how, I think it was rude. I don't I think it was rude. He came up and he wanted me to do a tattoo. I didn't want to do. And, uh, and you know, I, I was really polite with him and I turned him away and told him maybe somebody else. And he was giving me like a really small spot. You know what I mean? He was like, Hey, I got this fucked up area between these two tattoos. And I'd love you to work your magic. Right. <laughs> and, this, this one inch by half inch spot. Yeah. Yeah. Weird pie shape. And it, it, it look at it, it stretches over here too. There's a weird little leg that comes off. Oh, you yeah, can do yeah. something there. Put a little Florida on the end of there. Yeah, so I talked to him politely, let him know that maybe somebody else is for him and I'm not there, you know, and I, and I say, uh, hey, but, you know, if push comes to sub, maybe later on tonight, you see me, maybe, maybe we'd put something together. I just don't see it right now. So I'm thinking somebody else should better bet. Comes back minutes later and now he's got a, a cover up <laughs> of like an already covered up tribal armband and it's been covered up poorly. And he wants to, he's like, what could you do with this? Like, oh, right. man, for you to work. And you're like, fuck, OK. He said, uh, could you just black it out? He wanted it. He was like, maybe we could just black it out. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I there's couldn't take it. There's uh -huh. a niche what? For the blackout tattoos, there's a niche. <laughs> not for me, though. but yes, <laughs> I was just like, dude, I'm really I, mean, I hated to say it, but I am not interested in tattooing you. I, just, I don't know if I had to say it, but I did. Is it, I don't think it's rude because. I mean, maybe they really wanted to get tattooed by you, but at the same time, were you not enough to give me to treat me with enough respect to give me some free range, right? Well, that and like, I think it's pretty be like I'm just not the guy for that because you're gonna find someone else that's gonna be way more into that than you, you know? Yeah. Than, These guys point. in Italy with their brutal black project, they'd love to do that. Yes, there's people in the <laughs> state that loved it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on, there. You know some of the blackout artists. Um, I don't like know them personally, but I know of them. Right. I was working next to a guy who seemed to be. He wasn't really doing blackouts, but like geometric, but with a blackout element to it because he was covering such large stuff. Right. And in some cases, he just put this large, like swath of black, and then. Oh, almost over top of his geometric. Yeah. It was interesting. Look good, though. I mean, I've done some blackout stuff on Geo. And uh, funny thing, he's like, I'm going to waste my fucking talented friend's time asking him to do that. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. But he's my homie, so it's whatever, you know? How much time did you waste? Um, three and a half to four hours. And I blacked out pretty much from his elbow to his wrist, minus a little spot. So do you plan on working over top of it after it gets a you know a good he's saturation had, going? Had three other people black out the rest of his arm since then, so I don't plan on doing anything else. <laughs> oh, because he because he, he went to somebody else. Now you're mad. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm glad that he went to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> he wasted another friend's time, huh? Yeah, exactly. Because he like he. I can put it in, so it's it's good. Right, but after he, oh. he gets the black done, then you might want to do like a white over top, a white dragon or something over it. No, that would be rad. I would be so down for that. Okay, I mean, he to do his back, like fix his back up. He's got some old 
Asian influence type stuff that was probably done in like early 2000s and done poorly and yeah. asked me to hit that up at some point. So right, yeah. is your plan to re-outline and, and just color everything you see? You got changes you got to make too. Uh, I definitely want to make some changes. It's old enough that it'd be easy enough to cover certain parts if I changed it, you know? Yeah. Beat it up with some black. Yeah. Put some vibrant color here or there. Yeah, put just use some like black clouds and some waves over here to cover up this difficult weird spot, and then we'll like take this structure which is decent, and I can restructure it and shade off of it. Black is great. I love black. <laughs> yeah, not, not in regards to blacking out, but like I guess it's mini black. We're gonna just black out something in this like cloud shape, you know, like Japanese. Right. Are you sure? Yeah, because one 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 phrase you're like, ah, oh, it's wasting my time, and the other phrase, I like I like black. Yes. Oh, black so important, so so important. Uh, can be. It can be. I like it. I don't even um, you know, I'm I'm scared of getting large black work in some cases though, because I feel like it's gonna bring the sun. You know, it's gonna make me hot outside. You know, I often wondered that myself, like. If you have a blacked out arm, mm-hmm. more prone to sunburn. I, I would, I would think, or something like prone to wanting to wear long sleeves in the sun or something. Is that the black? Black holds heat in for sure. Yeah. 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 Like I don't want to go to the beach anymore, and who wants that life? <laughs> yeah. Know. We gotta ask Gio. Yes. Actually, I did ask Gio. He said it was no problem. He says he has no problem in the sun. Gio don't have problems with much. No. Nope. No, He's he like, doesn't. Problem? I'm out. <laughs> I love that guy. Fucking silly bastard. Well, let's talk about shows, because that's the thing we got the most in common, and we share this passion for. Have you done other shows besides tattoo shows that you've enjoyed or had crazy experience at? Um, Man, okay. I can't say I enjoyed it. But a long time ago, I did uh, Pat Garrett. Um, there's this place in Lebanon and mm-hmm. it's called Pat Garrett's. It's like a bar, a stage, kind of outdoor thing. And uh, he's like somewhere in northern Pennsylvania, I believe. This was so long ago. I don't. And he's remember. a tattoo artist? No, no, no. He's just like okay. a venue, basically. It's Pat Garrett's whatever. I, it's like okay. I said, my memory is shit with with names and exactly what was happening most of the time. Um, <laughs> but they had this little concert out there. I think oh, Green Eggs and Ham was playing, which is some cover band. It wasn't like a huge venue or anything. It wasn't like you know suicidal tendencies or any of those like um, shitty fucking uh, West Coast uh, concert slash. I'm just gonna shit right on them. Oh, convention circuits. <laughs> Never mind. You were talking the- about the circuit. Yeah, I I was like, I, man, come on, suicidal tendencies was awesome. No, they're the best. <laughs> what about infectious grooves, folks? Just to see suicidal tendencies and hopefully tattoo, you know? Right. Yeah. But, no, I love suicidal tendencies. Please strike anything that sounded like I was not <laughs> tendencies from the record because they're badass. And why can't I get Pepsi, you know? So why can't I get a Pepsi? Just one Pepsi. She wouldn't give it to me. But no, great stuff. It's still on my pretty regular rotation on my playlist when I'm working is suicidal tendencies. Um, 
but yeah. So anyway, Pat Garrett's back to the yeah. topic. You're at the Pat Garrett Convention um, Center or some kind of center. It's not even a center. It's an outdoor stage venue, and there's bands playing, and they wanted the tattooer. This was okay. Just, like younger days, and I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. That'd be great. I'll get and, a tent. Were you yeah. in a tent? Um, it was a canopy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait. And, wait. A hard, hard, like a hard roof t- canopy. Kind of like no, it wasn't a hard roof. It was like a uh, like stick it to the ground and like here's the can, you know, <laughs> like a parasol. Yeah, <laughs> like it, okay. Pencils blowing all over the place and like oh, yes. I think I might have made 140 bucks that day. It was terrible. Oh, no fucking fun. Yeah, it but, was experience. Who did yeah. you meet? Um, nobody. Then it was no experience. Never mind. Yeah. Take that I meant, back. Thanks for sharing. My tattoo, like, <laughs> area was like off away from everything. Yeah, I don't know. That wasn't what? very. They put you by the bathrooms. Not even by the bathrooms. Actually, you can make decent money by the bathrooms, right? Yeah, honestly. People Some wait. People don't like to be by them, but everybody's got to go near them. <laughs> it's like, don't like to be by the stage, but it's pretty good because everybody goes by it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the what is it? The um, oh, I can't think of it at all now. You know what? Just strike that. Never mind. Strike that from the <laughs> so, so what's good in the hood, brother? You seen anything you like lately besides this, this tattooing thing that we do? Um, that I like outside of tattooing, yeah, just what's going on. I met Darren McCarthy. I figure this kind of uh, cool shit's got to be happening for others too. Yeah, uh, honestly, lately has been like down home time, like crunching on. I'm trying to invest in my future <laughs> as a tattoo. Oh, uh, why would you do that? That's that's not a tattoo artist thing to do. Uh, it's not. It'd <laughs> be more of we should be taught these um, valuable life lessons earlier on in our apprenticeships. We probably um, should before we end up with a bunch of GoFundMes trying to get new livers. Yes, that's going to be me one day. <laughs> hey, guys, I need a new liver. Here's my GoFundMe page. Please, I think I got two months left. <laughs> if you love <laughs> me, oh, give me a dollar. Um, and whatever, GoFundMe is fine for people if they need it. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm uh, trying to, like, renovate. Uh, I, I have a building. Technically, the bank still owns it, but trying to renovate things, mm-hmm. uh, rent out an apartment, um, upgrade the value of it, you know, just get the like bank on later in life um that's yeah. in pa yep yep wilmer or whatever what'd you say you were where's uh, your Le- private studio lebanon Le- why Lebanon. did i say wilmer i don't know <laughs> so in lebanon pa that's where your house is then too uh yeah yep and all this you're trying to put some you're putting together is your future yeah well a part of it anyway or like something to build off of you know like another form of like residual income where i'm not you know doing oh i follow yes because of rentals or whatever yep but now you're gonna be uh fixing toilets all the time well yeah don't tell me about that right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry for rain on your parade it isn't a mean to rain on your parade actually robert kurosaki pointed out that many people will say just that in a situation that they begin to plan for their futures. Well, I don't want to 
you know, fixing toilets. Yeah. But sometimes the question isn't about, you know, it's, it's not, do you want to, um, fixed it's it's do you want to be successful well most people would if if it's about success you'd roll up your 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 sleeves fix a toilet oh i can fix a toilet but the thing is if i'm on the road all the time i not always be here to fix that toilet i understand that that's the worst part ain't it that is the worst part you can always get a guy you know you can always get a guy i got a guy he'll come over and fix that toilet for you um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a mean to make some more income outside of tattooing. That's kind of like residual and I don't have to be super intensive on, I might have to fix a toilet or two here and there. That's fine. And then if I ever decide to like, uh, leave, uh, this area permanently and maybe settle down somewhere else, um, you have some property to sell, sell, or, you know, just screw the private studio, screw the, uh, little official that I live in and I'll just rent it all out and just keep collecting on that. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a move. As long as you got a guy, as long as you got a guy, but they yeah, also right. for specific reasons, like just rental property management, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. So I don't know, just little things like that. I'm very like, um, I'm proud of you growing up and all. I know. Right. I'm, I'm only, I still haven't chosen to do it. So I'm only like mid forties and I'm trying to make some smart decisions. Hey, I got a podcast. You can't mm. listen to podcasts? Y'all should. Um, honestly, I'm not a big podcast guy until this came out. I've listened to them before, but like some people like this has been you've been playing on my shop through a lot of my appointments this last week. Right on. I love it. I think it's um, great. It's like your world then, I'm guessing. Right. Because a lot of this is our world. Yes. It's I don't like, even know what to show people about it. Just like but they seem interested in my world. Mm-hmm. All sorts of people, like people I've never even met before that, but I've like seen on maybe Ink Master or like seen around at the conventions and I just never had the opportunity to like sit down and chat with them. But it gives me a little insight into them and that's fucking cool, man. And then right, now the- you got a way to, to walk up to them a little easier out yeah. too, right? Absolutely. Be like, hey, I heard your shit on Kyle's show, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, like fucking let's talk about this stuff. That was really interesting or yeah. And well, it gives the out, outside of the tattoo community like an insight into like how things work, you know, like it's great. And everybody, <laughs> how, how does a bunch of alcoholics actually uh, do something constructive in a weekend? Like highly functional. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I think um, I am. I, I'm at a point now where it's almost uncomfortable, though, to hear. I don't even know if it's uncomfortable. You know, I've always kind of walked around and. You know, I'm always trying to work on some stupid jokes. Yes. And so I'll try them out on you because you're, you know, more amiable. And then I'll take them to a tougher crowd and I'll kind of craft them a little bit more. You're like, yeah, and, Dale's going to put anything you say. <laughs> yeah. Then I got to go to somebody's a little bit more, you know, that that's more judgmental of me. So if I yeah. can make them laugh, then I know I'm on. The, and I'll keep changing. Right. It's, it's a story usually, but it's not really a story. I'm just, you know, well, now, uh, that I've put many of those thoughts into podcasts. I realize as I'm tattooing and I start saying some shit that is my, <laughs> it's my stand-up stick really that I've worked on for so long and motherfucker in the chair done already heard it. And he's just out of politeness, not stopping me. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, I loved it when you did that in your podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Why are you even here now, man? I just got boring to you, didn't I? I've got nothing left. Now I'm going to have to actually tattoo you well. Fuck. That's just try to give you an experience. That's a terrible. Yeah, well. No, sometimes no, no. you give them experience sometimes they get an experience but like that's a big part of it too is the experience it's not just about the tattoo it's the experience you know absolutely you're taking don't you think that's what every i mean the, the, when we know kind of why we go and we grow from the experience mm-hmm. but i often question and and am reluctant to understand sometimes why our customers go mm-hmm I mean, it must be the experience, too, but fuck that experience of getting tattooed by Dale. My shirt off, my fat gut hanging out, everybody walking by and looking at me. He's an hour seven, and he says he's got like another hour and a half to go, which whenever <laughs> ever gives you a time, it's a lie, you know? So it's yeah, not. I, a- I usually say 20 we- minutes. 20 exactly. minutes means two and a half hours at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't really put that because, like, a lot of times you develop that thing, and sometimes, like, you're not ready to put them white highlights in because you got to fucking deepen these blacks up a little more, you know, yep. can just jump ahead. We got to do this all in a, in a process. Got to happen organically folks, <laughs> but take some work. Um, I think uh, people still just really, I don't know. Maybe that statement you just said, like, maybe it's like, we've been doing it so long. It's like, why did these motherfuckers do this? This shit hurts. You know what I mean? We've gotten, <laughs> we've done them. Um, We've dealt with the fucking best and the worst of clients. And like, it's like, where's where, what, what really draws you to this, Mr. Client? And it's like, usually the art and the experience, you know, but the experience I think is just as important at the art as the art, because, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to go home with a dope tattoo. But if at the end of the day, they go home with a dope tattoo and some really good stories and experiences to share with their friend, then it's infectious. And then their friends are going to, and they're going to fucking love it too. You did a piece on Tony, Tony and yeah. Linda, Tony uh, Lafienza, right? I, I love Tony. Tony's a great dude. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. Tony is a collector. And am I wrong in thinking that Tony was not nearly as tattooed as he is currently when he first started coming to the tattoo conventions and started um, really dedicating himself to collecting? I would have to say no, because why would he be getting all this stuff if he always already had it all done? But, um, the first time right. was probably like six years ago and Heather Miranda was tattooing his best. And I sat and talked with him a little bit and watched Heather work. And she drew this dope ass fucking like motorcycle frog on a motorcycle, just cruising down the fucking like, a, like a pleasant dirt road with like trees and sunshine filtering through the leaves. Like it was a beautiful piece. And she hand draws so much stuff on people. Uh-huh. It was beautiful. And then I was just like, like this dude's about it, you know, like I want to tattoo him one day. And I don't think I ever said that to him. I may have, I don't remember everything, but <laughs> um, <clears throat> I may have said that to him or I may not have, but I think I was in a, Oh man, I can't remember. It was a couple shows ago. Atlanta. Oh yeah. I was having a terrible show in Atlanta. And anyway, he walks up to me. He's like, I got a space for you. I want a fucking Tengu. And I'm like, what? It's right up my alley. Cool. And James Vaughn is doing his other side. I'm like, this is going to be so dope. And Josh Payne's right in the fucking middle of it on his belly. Right with that Fox, right? Yeah. That, it's a Fox and a snake kind of like, okay. square, you know, 
and it's gorgeous work you know how so, does it feel to be added to that like there is a sense of um i was back in honor right okay I was yeah like, to the max like that is the coolest shit ever to like be next to those people and i know them both very well and like in fact both of them have even tattooed me you know what i mean so it's like oh you got a josh Payne piece as well yeah he uh tattooed the side of my dome with a snake um okay. last year I, I bet i've seen it probably you know how my brain gets to be too my hair gets a little shaggy sometimes though so it's maybe he didn't notice it <laughs> you gotta you gotta clean up that fucking mullet brother yeah it's mullet hawk it's the same length on top as it is in the back so it's party, oh. party in the back um but tony yeah he's great i was like super honored to do that like just to be in on that collection with that man who is yeah. also like a good dude. He's a good client. He knows how to like talk to people. Like he knows all the artists he enters competitions. He's like, I, th I think he's even judged a show or two now. And that's fucking awesome. You know, like to see this member of the tattoo community, that's not a tattooer, like be that involved with it, mm -hmm. do some work on him and contribute to his collection is a total fucking honor that's awesome that's now tony comes because we got to figure the experience yes yeah but he's like deep in the experience he's not just so i'm gonna propose the the true honor i mean tattoo and tony is you know that's just he's into tattoo linda i'll, I'll be proud of you then bro yeah talk linda into a tattoo <laughs> Linda, oh, I think I know. Has she her. gotten tattooed here yet? Well, his wife. Uh, oh, 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 oh! I've never actually seen her getting tattooed. I don't think. I don't think so either. I could be. I bet she does. That I bet would she be, would probably. Oh my gosh, that would. Yeah, now that you say it, yeah. She was actually <laughs> doing like, like, while I was tattooing Tony, she sat in the booth with us and would you know help Tony get him drinks and like go get him food and whatever mm -hmm. and. She, me wandered off and did her own thing at her own times whenever she was like oh some, i'm gonna go do this or whatever but she basically did um i want to say crocheting in the booth while i was working on tony and just had a good time and like enjoyed herself and made use of herself for herself and yeah it was it was well great. now we know we got a tattoo on her then right you gotta yeah. drop some some, some, some crochet needle hooks yeah yeah now was it crocheting or, or um or, or uh, what's that needle in or what was the other one? Did you? It wasn't it wasn't like needlework. It was like either knitting or crocheting. Knitting. I, OK. Yeah. I can't remember like which is which. I know. My I wonder, you think they travel in gangs like that, like uh, crocheters or like. Right. Fuck these knitters or maybe knitters are actually more like these crocheters where they're cheating ass hooks. <laughs> Fucking hook and shit. Can't <laughs> Fuck. One I strand. I'll make that whole sweater fall apart. Mother. You got that. You got that old school mentality and that new school mentality. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see it at the at the quilting bees and stuff where they're just like, oh, I don't even talk to them. I I would love to tattoo her. Now that you like said that and I thought about it, yeah, that would actually. We're gonna make it a challenge. That yes. Why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah, everybody's tattooed Tony. Chop liver Tony. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Nobody like, cares no more. He don't have no space left anyways. What's <laughs> he got his eyelids left? He's almost out. He's definitely got a lot of real estate covered. 
looks like fucking Silicon Valley there. Like, I find awesome. that so amazing. I really, I mean, the average client that comes in, I think I understand that for the most part, you know, they're coming in to see what it is and it's exciting and they, they choose around, they find someone that fits them and they get their tattoo. And then the person that like Tony like, plans his weekend around it, travels there from out of yep. state, gets a hotel, gets work done by two or three different people, yep. stays the whole day, <laughs> you know, stays a whole weekend. Yeah. Some of these people come in and they're amazed at how boring it is. Right. Yep. I mean, not how boring it is at the show, but how boring it is to watch somebody get tattooed. You'd think the kids would be entertained, but they are not going to be entertained. No, no. They're going to be running around like little fucking delinquents trying to fuck up your day. <laughs> yeah. Send them up to the stage right Please. up until burlesque gets up. Or maybe during burlesque. If you plan on getting tattooed and you want to bring your kids with, please bring someone to babysit. Yeah. And, and, and your significant other, it, it, if you plan on both of you getting tattooed, you can't just imagine that all your oh. time frames is going to work out where your kids watched. Yeah. Please don't bring the kids into the booth. I had to learn a hard lesson about that when I uh, had a girl there that was not really the most attentive mother. And she left her baby crying as I tattooed her mm -hmm. and like left it right in front. Like, I think she had the boyfriend with it too. And he could have moved the crying baby or even <laughs> consoled it somehow, but he just stood in front of the poop with it crying. And then my neighbor was just like, fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> like, why did you take this person? Yeah. And guess what I learned from it was get some control. Yeah. You know, like, Hey man, yeah. It's hard for me to tattoo with your baby crying in my ear. That makes sense. People that out of the gate, you know, and they understand, you know, like right from the start, like, oh, is that your kid? And you want to sit <laughs> with me four hours? The kid's going to be somewhere else, right? Yeah, no. What's the nice way to say it? Is that the way you approach it right there? I honestly, you can say it nice. You don't have to be rude, but I think it's, it's establishing a boundary. You know, you have to yeah. be like, way it is and i don't, i'm not an asshole i just am naturally one but like i'm not trying to be one but the kid can't be here because like i need to concentrate you want a nice tattoo for me i need to focus you know i think that's one of the best tips of tattooing possibly yeah is, right? uh, your boundaries if if you're letting them get walked over a bit if you're not able to, then you won't be able to control your environment enough to do good work right yep a lot of artists fucking sit in my basement for three weeks straight to create this masterpiece and i'm all alone you know like and some artists are like doing live painting at clubs and shit but they all got boundaries you know like they all got like hey you know if you're partying and i'm live painting here don't fucking bump into me like maybe i'll I put like little cattle fucking area like fence it in and like that you guys stay back there or whatever you know have you been bumped into while tattooing oh my gosh of course especially a Worse like, is like somebody bumps into your client because like if I get bumped and I move a little bit, like it's like okay, you like sense I, it. You I can kind spider of spider sense. But if like somebody like fucking like you know is setting up their station or like their client cuts too close to my client, kicks him in the knee, and then they react like ah, you know how your hand jumps off the skin when they practically mm -hmm. you're like boink. And you're like, um, okay, we're good. And then everyone gives that person the stink eye for like a minute and be like, hey, it's fine. 
everything's cool. I got this. It's fine. Black shading, black shading. Here, let me give uh, customers a tip. If you're getting tattooed at a convention, somebody walks close to your chair or in any way near you, your normal reaction is going to be to kind of, you know, gently or move your foot a little bit to give them more space. Don't make them walk around you. They they shouldn't. Yeah. So many times, right. You get somebody that they don't, they don't even get bumped sometimes, but the other person in they're being conscious and polite and out of the fear of getting bumped, they'll move themselves or reach down to grab their purse. And it's still the exact same thing. Yep. Like, for me too, a lot of that is dependent. If I'm lining, no go do those things. If I'm shading, eh, I could take a yeah. tiny, and it's not a big deal. But if I'm lining, nah, uh-uh. don't move. Just don't move. Just put your fucking phone in your pocket. Stop moving. Don't, your style don't... of work is heavy, heavily line based. Yes. Uh, yeah, powerful line work is very important. Powerful, clean line work. I, I, yeah, it's even if you don't have Sorry, a holds up, you know, oh, I'm probably giving too much time to you. I was, I was thinking about a new Dan Cuban machine. And then I realized at the same time, you know, people probably don't care to hear about our machines so much. I mean, I love my Dan Cubans. They, well, have you seen the new Dan Cuban that Nick was uh, with Nick Armstrong, right? Nick, Nick was using. Yeah. I have not and seen it, it. It's designed, I guess, to run a cartridge system. Okay. But still putting good lines. Is it like a cartridge system where all you need is a cartridge or do you need the little yeah. tube cartridge plunger? Yeah, you're going to need the, the tube cartridge plunger, the whole little you know, gotcha. setup that they got. And I think okay. Nick was using something from Kingpin because they had them big 45s or something like that. Oh, was he blacking out? I don't ever see him. Black- no. No, he was doing big fucking, you know, huge flower. Really? 45 mag. Awesome. Yeah. I love big mags. I've never used a 45 before, but I love big. I guess Kingpin has one now. Does that okay. sound right? Kingpin has a 40, possibly even a hundred mag cartridge. I've, I've, I've actually got some big Kingpin magnums that I've never used before. I just like, I, I don't know, you know, like that's a, that's a big step. I work pretty fast with my 20. Right. Like, and like, it's gotta be pretty decent size to be busting that thing. Yeah, and I, I feel like I don't know if I would be as consistent with it. I would almost like to try, but I'd love feel to like try. The amount of movement that I have to do to get it in angles might cause something, you know. And then also, with it as big as it is, can I be sure that I can keep both edges wet of the, right. you know what I mean? Right. And like at the same of, time, are you just cutting a solo cup in half and filling that thing up with fucking color? <laughs> I think that's what you'd have to do. Wow. Yeah, I think that was probably my biggest issue with larger mags like that is like how do i dip it like yeah without like just like (laughs) like using a whole bottle of ink you know because squirt it on there (laughs) (laughs) just get a drip system on top of the fucking tube that drips into the tip in the needle grouping as you go like, like it's an extra look, almost just, like an airbrush cartridge, yeah, like yeah, a little a reservoir top, and you just give it a little squish every now and then and gives you more ink. I bet somebody's designed such a thing. Yeah. It's pretty much an airbrush, but yeah, <laughs> I bet it sucked at any rate. It just spits ink everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
how how did you become a tattoo artist, Dale? You know, I've never asked. Um. Oh, I, did I tell this story? Um, I don't know. Did your uncle touch you too much when you were a kid or some shit? <laughs> Something usually happens traumatic. That's a that's a story <laughs> for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> um, no, I don't believe so. At least not that I've uh, not repressed anyway. Um, so successfully repressed, right? And if if it, anything like that happened, it's been successfully repressed. No, I don't. I don't believe any of my family inappropriately. I had a really good, but um, you had a good family. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as good as you know, family. <laughs> Did you regards. grow up in Philadelphia or you grew no, up in Pennsylvania? I grew up in Bumblefuck, Minnesota. What um, is, is that the name of it? No, no, not Bumblefuck, Minnesota. I, I was born <laughs> Raynard, Minnesota. Or then, otherwise known as Bumblefuck. It's actually where the movie Fargo starts is in Brainerd, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Um, for some cultural reference to the place. And also. And um, do they really talk like that around Bumble? Yes, absolutely. Um, for sure. Or Brainerd. They, they do. They talk like they're from uh, the, the UP the entire, there. The entire state of Minnesota has a leaning inclination towards that accent. Not it's everybody like, like that, but a lot of people do. A little um, bit of Dutch accent. Is that it? Is it left over from some Dutch inhabitants? Norwegian. Um, okay. Scandinavian. Uh, Norwegian. Like, like a big Minnesota thing to say is oofta. Like, oh, okay. oof, da. oof da. yeah. So and that's some Norwegian stuff for sure. And I can see it with a ya, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the da, and the na, no, no, oh. no, no. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you live up there and then you dropped your accent and you move somewhere else. Um, no, you, well, you live I, up there, you, you like artwork, you, yeah. you involved with that as a kid, yeah. I've I took health was my second art class. I didn't pay any attention in health and I just drew and, um, you know, many other classes. Like I actually like certain classes like science and math. I was really excelled at until like I got to a certain age and I just stopped caring. Um, and then that's right around the time I probably started poking my fucking like cousins and friends with like homemade tattoo machines and basements with a case of beer and a heavy bag. And we're just hanging out, you know, like what, like just, under 18. Oh, I was think I was 14 when I delivered my first tattoo with a machine too, huh? With a ho- homemade rotary motor cassette Walkman type jam, yeah. Is that what you did? Was took a, a Walkman? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, initially in the beginning, like I didn't even know else shit. Like, we don't, come on, man. I don't I, we weren't even using gloves. Didn't know anything, you know? What I mean? uh-huh. Yeah. Like 1994 fucking four or something um and anyway i just did that that was just something we did a yeah, little bit but i'm curious you made a penitentiary machine basically but i'm I also did. i guess this is why i'm curious did you sacrifice the walkman that's 20 30 bucks right uh, we back did. then they was the shit you didn't. there was also another one i made out of an rc car i like those motors they kind of See, ran yeah they were cheaper to make too Okay. Um, <laughs> basically so what i did initially i I had just uh like used somebody else's stuff and it was like tattooed all my friends um and he I, had a real machine or he had, he had done no, the was, same thing homemade shit like right. honestly like, i think one of my friends actually stole it from somebody else honestly using like, the same 
like tube and reservoir, all dirty style. Very, very likely. It was a long time ago, but very See, likely. Parents, listen, man, you guys can help your kids out so much and keep them from getting hepatitis. Support yeah. their art. Support the art. Wait, I wait am a Dan help. Cuban. They can wait till they're 18 and get tattooed by a professional. Yeah. Um, I am a Dan Cuban, and when it don't work, look me up. I'll buy that Dan Cuban from you. Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you very much. You didn't adjust anything, did you? Thinking you knew how to use it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like, so like, whatever. I did that when I was 14, 15, something. And then like, I saw somebody doing a homemade tattoo when I was 18. And I had just freshly gotten tattooed by this guy, fucking gutter punk kid using homemade shit, whatever. Uh-huh. And I got this shitty dragon I have on my arm. And it's like, for the method used, it's not that terrible, but it's shitty. James Vaughn gives, makes this funny pose of how my dragon's um, claws are stuck in my skin. Every time he sees it, he's like, Bleh! and he makes this dumb face and all the arms <laughs> great right angles. And like, <laughs> it's funny. Um, but anyway, I saw somebody doing a homemade tattoo and I was like, fucking give me that thing. It's like, let me try. And I did okay. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own. Fuck this. And I made my own. Uh-huh. Also, like reading a lot of tattoo magazines at the time and like had a very elementary understanding of sterilization. And I still wasn't, you know, like doing autoclave shit or nothing. But like I had a new needle set up for every person. Like I had a little method I made out of a pen and a fucking sewing needle. And like I could like set up like multiples of these and everybody got a new needle. You know what I mean? Like a new <laughs> no. tube, basically. That's and awesome. Honestly, that's. You're, you're showing by that an ability at least to have a longevity of a career, right? Because you're thinking yeah. this through and thinking, I can't be giving people diseases. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially some of my friends. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> some of these dirty fucks I know should not be spreading their, their blood around. And I also, at the time, you know, cared about these people and, like, didn't want to spread anything either. So, Oh, at the time? Did that all change? Oh, no, no, no. You're like, fuck those guys now, man. Even a a more important thing as time went on. But I like my rudimentary understanding of it was I didn't want to fuck up my friends, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then I did that for a while. And then I started reading more. And I was looking at the art and I was like, terrible. I suck. This is horrible compared to like what people are doing with legitimate equipment. And then right around the time I was 18, I remember... Me and my girlfriend at the time weren't like doing so hot. And I'm just like reading this magazine and I'm like, this is it. I'm doing this. Fuck this bitch. I'm fucking moving on. I'm fucking, I'm going to fucking get an apprenticeship. Watch me. Fucking. Uh-huh. So then me and this girl are still together. We decided to fucking uh, travel to Pennsylvania to go to a uh, rainbow gathering, which is like this big hippie festival. It's been going okay. on decades, decades. Um, rainbow people. Um, so. I end up getting an apprenticeship from my mentor. Uh, I'll plug him real quick. Chuck Feaser in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Chuck's testing. Um, Thank you for bringing, a, bringing, you know, our friend Dale to us, Chuck. Yay. Thank you, Chuck, for giving me a career, a fucking chance to actually live a decent life as far as like, you know, doing something. What was that- it going to be without that? What do you think you would have done? Um, construction or um a stuntman yes yes you would be a stuntman wouldn't you Mm -hmm. that that does make sense 
I totally would have been a stunt man. Um, but those were probably my only real options, either that or like food industry stuff. Um, but yeah, Did you, uh, you know, I wanted to be a stunt man too. I had it drawn as a kid for a career day. Nice. That's awesome. I was jumping off of a building and I was landing on a tarp or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And you drew it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but what, remember the movie Fall Guy then? This TV yeah. show, actually? Of course yeah. you do. Because you were a stuntman. Uh, I wanted to be one. Is he the reason you wanted to be a stuntman? No. Um, let's say just art movies. Okay. Jackie Chan probably was a big one. Did all his own shit. And like, yeah. Jackie Chan, the man. I follow. I follow. My, my whole reasoning was that I wanted to solve crime, you know, in the part time. Wanted to go in. Right. I might jump off a tall, tall building. I might roll a, a brand new car because I'm the unknown stuntman that made Eastwood such a star. Right. You're like you're a superhero for stars. It's like, oh, you're the alter ego. Actually, I'm the fucking real superhero here. I'm going to take this hit for you. And you lucky bastard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's movie they, mad. Yeah, they're the stupid superheroes for stars. I get that. Yeah. And you wanted to be the superhero to the stars. Yeah. I just wanted Did you to expect them all to look up to you at all then. Oh, absolutely not. They probably treat me like shit. I didn't even think about it. That I just was like, that would be cool to drive a car like that. That would be cool to fucking know what that feels like. Like, I don't know. I guess I'd like some head trauma as a child. I don't know. So what happened? Did you uh obviously tattoos took over? And they took your passion for that. But did you ever do go back? Do Did you do any rolling a brand new car or jumping um, from tall, tall buildings? Not intentionally and not on video, but yeah. Oh, you got a video nowadays. It yeah. Didn't happen. I'm still like, I'm on the cusp. What do they call us? Exennials. I'm not a generation X quite. I'm not quite a millennial. I'm an exennial. Oh, an exennial, huh? Because like. Technology didn't really happen until after I was born, but I was still young enough to like kind of pick it up, I guess. So, yeah, but I feel like we didn't. Technology didn't exist until after I was born. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't you just say technology didn't exist until after I was born? Well, like the modern technology, like cell phones. <laughs> I, I think I understand. It just, <laughs> it, I it just makes me want to laugh. AOL came out during my apprenticeship. That was pretty long time ago, you know. Like, oh, yeah, you've got mail evolution, like like the technological evolution, the way it goes. Like, I don't, I, I, my phone stays in my pocket a lot of times when really cool things are going on because I want to watch it with my eyeballs. Um, oh, how are you going to share it with us? With story, <laughs> with stories. <Right laughs> we have to trust your stories now. Yeah, right. What's, uh, so yeah. what's some of the funnest stories on the way up? On the way up to where? What's the craziest thing that happened in a shop that you've ever been working? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. These are always I can never think of these when I'm put on. Yeah, you're on the spot. Well, now I am. I, okay, so yeah. let's a good story here. Um, Honestly, I'll probably just disappoint because now I'm overthinking it. But um. Nobody came in looking to, you know, that dropped their tattoo or something like my tattoo fell off. You'd be like, pick it up, bring it in. 
get on in. Uh, we'll no. tag it back on. We did have this lady that would come in. It was like a three-week stretch where she would come in, and she was always smashed, and she always wanted somebody to tattoo her. And, like, she is older, and this was back younger for me uh, time. And she was always drunk, smashed, and we're like, we can't tattoo you like this. And she's like, but just, I and she, like, literally, like, assumed the position like she was getting frisked on the wall. Like, uh-huh the wall legs spread wide she's like and then she'd like put her hands on the wall and start shaking her ass back and forth she's like i just want something right here and she'd reach back with her one hand to like the tramp stamp area uh-huh and be like just can you put something right there and like shaking was she twerking it before twerking it was a twerk? thing it was it was more of a drunken slide than anything <laughs> okay like, right. the dance move it was a drunken slide and you know, like her arm, like her elbow would give out halfway through the one side and she'd slide down the wall a little bit. And like, it was really just like, okay, it's time to go on. Um, man, we used to do dumb shit back during my apprenticeship. <laughs> that was a terrible story. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I told you. Don't ask me. <laughs> I'm like, just so. Well, no way. You've been tattooing in Philadelphia, brother. Mm-hmm. Bro, how long have you been tattooing? Because you actually haven't been tattooing in Philadelphia your whole career, obviously. We already no. started there. You've been tattooing in Philadelphia the past five years at least, right? Yeah, about that. Five, five, maybe. I'd say five. Five. Philadelphia is a crazy We're town. In it is a crazy town. Um, we are in West Philadelphia, which is college town. So it's like not really crazy there, honestly. Oh, um, yeah, because college kids don't be getting crazy. I mean, they do, but like a lot of the ones that come into our shop and get tattooed are very like respectful. Um, like, what are you attracting that clientele? I, you are all grown up, Dale. I'm so grown up, but I, I think it's just the shop. I think it's the uh, very um, mature ethics of the people that are regularly in that shop um, that bring that. Give it up to uh, South Paw Stipple and Mike Mentor, Munter and uh, Dana Jones there. They're they're all right, and they do great work. Mike Munter, fucking tattoo, fucking some super clean, crispy lines, fucking color saturations on point as fuck. And you know, Southpaw Stipple be doing like just like Stipple shit. Stipple. That's just fucking absolutely gorgeous. She's like, I don't even, I, I do the thing. I don't even like when I do the Stipple part. I just go. I don't even, I don't even need a reference. I'm like, I'm like fucking really? you. Yeah, like so she's, she's scraping right. the the needle stipple, or is she dotting everything in? She's dot, she's dot, dot. you know, like like the quick, like I call it uh, the, the the whip skip trick. You know, the whip it's, skip trick, huh? Whip shade, but it's slowed down, so it's like yeah. it, and it skips. Yeah. And, and you kind of got a on the skin. I just like the noise it makes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sit there all day just doing that. That hurts, Kyle. Stop. You're just sound, enjoying yourself too much. The sound of the needle penetrating the skin and the sound of the yeah. Oh, it's kind of the needle ripping away from the skin, isn't it? Yeah, that's all right, all right as well. I agree, yeah. Like you want it to dig in and pull just a little bit. Yep. So that it gets that pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah. That's Which seems cool. rude, but the guys say it doesn't hurt as much. When I tattoo him with that style, and I can't I get this gentle. I can't feel it. <laughs> but you can't feel anything tattooed. when I'm tattooing I don't feel a thing is that because you're so high are you drunk no 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 is that how hard these seltzers are treating you dude 
gonna have to kick. It's gonna be <laughs> tough, man. You're gonna get the DTs. It's gonna oh. be rough. I'll be there for you though. Oh, really? You're probably yeah. night before. <laughs> honestly, I I'm I'm gonna slow down on the drinking at the shows. Yeah, honestly, I, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I only drink at the shows almost. So I think what I have to do is drink all the time so I can slow down at the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I get to the show right. and I'm like, oh, fuck it all bets off. I've been good for four, four, four whole days. Yeah, I did that number for a bit and then I got married. <laughs> she, she's grounded you a bit. Oh, no, no, no. In like, the good now, way. Now I drink when I'm at home, too. <laughs> oh, okay. She's got you lofty then. You fly well, no, high. Like, we we like to have a couple, you know. But uh, like I definitely did that whole like I only drink at conventions and I go home and I want to do a convention for two weeks and I wouldn't drink at all at home. Um, and then I go and like, well, this is where I'm hanging out and having fun and like being with my friends and like doing the things. But and yeah, that maybe take it a little too far. Oh, definitely have. Are you kidding? Definitely. So then that would that would bring us to the stories of the road. You had a really shitty story of your shop. Hey, what's you know, the craziest shit we get to see on the road, brother? Oh my gosh, we see so much on the road. It's just like walking down the street to get a pack of smokes. You see somebody getting beat up in between two cars. Like you're like, what the fuck, man? Did you see that? Um, I was right after it, but I heard the story as like, it had happened. Back from it, yeah. Um, where is this? I, I I would either say Baltimore or Chicago. This is Minneapolis, actually. What? Yep. Your hometown. Yeah. Um, city of uh, not brotherly love. What is it? City of ice. The the <laughs> inland of ice and snow. Um. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Ever since COVID happened, shit's gotten pretty hairy in a lot of these cities. Honestly. Yeah. Well, like, we went to Minneapolis in the summertime, didn't we? We did. We did. And I was surprised I, it was way different than it was in the wintertime. Yep, because it's warm enough for all the homeless and mm -hmm. um, crackheads, and they're all out. They're uh, right in front of you. They're not like Minneapolis is so cold during the winter, they have to house the homeless in hotels and stuff. So, really, they put them in hotels. Yeah, and that's why you don't see them as much in the winter is because they've got a place to stay that's warm, and fuck, it's cold out there. <laughs> oh, it is so cold. Yeah. Well, you know, you moved. Yep, I did. How and, much uh, of a determinant of a factor was, was the cold when you, in your move? Um, it didn't matter to me at the time when I moved because I was really just kind of a little fucking kid. Uh, I left home pretty young, like 15, and I like rode freight trains and stuff for a while and hitchhiked. Dude, that's the same time you were learning to tattoo. Um, that's the same time I was pretending to tattoo with homemade equipment. <laughs> yeah. That was not what? when I was. But like it was still at the cusp of that because i was still like going to the rainbow gathering and shit when i was like would had decided i'm done doing homemade tattoos i'm gonna get an apprenticeship and like on the way i'd i'd stop by different shops i stopped at electric dragonland in uh, minneapolis and i'm pretty sure i was talking to shane right shane sean sean anderson shane and sean anderson okay electric dragonland in minneapolis and i stopped in a shop and he actually like was one of the best feedbacks i got when i was like hey i've been doing this like this i want to learn to do it right and he's like well stop on in when you get done with your travels and give me i'll like we'll talk and i was like that's fucking cool awesome. so i was traveling around and like that's honestly like i got 
carry that memory for so long for some reason. But did that you was, stop back in after you, you were done traveling or did it not well, ever work out? I started tattooing in Pennsylvania, you know. And, uh, so yep. you'd already, but you had already been, so did somebody teach you in Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah, Chuck Feaser. Chuck Feaser, oh yeah, she did say. Yep, um, he, t- he taught me and, uh, you know, then I went back home to Minnesota for a little while and then it was then, it was like, yeah, this cold sucks. And also like tattooing is not as hip here as it is on the East Coast. So I decided to go back. You think and, it's because they don't have to show their skin as much? Uh, no, I think it's hit now. It's like Minneapolis is one of the best conventions of the year. You know, it like so good. So good. Yeah. Um, it's hip now. I think it was just at that time. It was like the East Coast was on this cusp. And like, you know, it's like l- really late 90s, early 2000s. Like everybody was about it. Like they're like, yes, let's do this awesome stuff all the time. And now it's like it's kind of more saturated here and I still do cool stuff on the East coast. Like I wouldn't be here if I didn't, but um, now you go Midwest and it's like, people are there. They save their money up all year. These people, you know, and they're like, they're coming to this show one because it's warm inside and two, because it's <laughs> good ass work, you know, yeah. <laughs> come for the war, stay for the tattoos. Yes. Come for the tattoos, stay for the warmth. Either way you break it down. It works. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's it's your house is already warm, right? But there's no tattoos there. Cabin fever is a thing in the winter, you know. Yeah. Did you experience it as a kid in Minneapolis then? Um, well, we adventured a lot. We would bundle up in so many clothes. Oh man, <laughs> we would walk through blizzards with like handles of fucking tequila or vodka or whatever we had. And we weren't even old enough to be walking around with this shit. You call like, it a handle. Like like a the big bottle, the jug. Mm-hmm. jug okay. of, like, like a gallon. The biggest jug of, of hard liquor you can get. You know, and it'd be cheapest, nastiest you could get. Usually, usually is cheap. We we're poor kids. Um and we'd walk through these blizzards like and go to our friends gather them up and walk to someone else's house. And we just kind of make these mobile fucking like drunken juvenile Walker parties. We, I did get a minor consumption one time. Doing is that. that why you love pub crawls so much? Um, is that why I like doing pub what, crawls yeah. doing yeah. what we do? Yeah. <laughs> Getting drunk and then pub, going to the next drunk we, spot. We just pub crawl around the hotel lobby. Hopefully. <laughs> well, that's because we're getting older, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, and we've learned we'll get all the stories when people start filtering through the door anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Unless there's karaoke, then I'm in. You know, there's karaoke I'm in. You hitting the strip bars? No, I'm not really. Not anymore. Like, I don't know. I'd rather just keep my money in my pockets. No karaoke in the strip bars. Um, that's not true. Oh, really? Portland. There is a strip club karaoke club in Portland, Oregon. And honestly, I have to say that is one of the best things I've ever encountered in my entire life. So the girls are singing as well? Um, no, they're kind of play acting out the song with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to be it, careful what song you picked then. Uh, I mean, or not. I mean, they had me put <laughs> like, um, I like they, they had me like pull a dildo, like prepped me mm-hmm. with 
dildo beforehand to put in my pants. And I'm like thinking the whole time, I wonder where this thing has been. Um, right. Right. But like then to unzip it and flop it out during the song. And at then the, at the appropriate time. Right. During what song during, is this? Um, well, my fallback, I think I'm pretty sure I went with my like go to, which is Jet, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Which is pretty appropriate song. For right. Him. So the perfect time is right after you ask the first time. Are you going to be my girl? Flop. Flop. And then they they play around with it. You know, pretend to, you know, they do stripper tricks and uh, (laughs) with your pole and all. Yeah. 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 You guys are dangerously on the, on the edge of uh, getting a charge there. You're going to be doing some sex acting. It wasn't my pole. It was, it was a, it was a plastic phallus. You know, yeah, it's still a plastic phallus. It was a dildo. I don't know. I know you're going to piss off some Christian mom. She's out there in the audience mad. Oh, I'm sorry, Christian mom. She's calling the manager. Offended. You should take a note from her. Yeah, but like, okay, so you know, Jaded, right? Jaded Moon. Yes, our friend Jaded Moon. Bit of a dominatrix. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're not wrong at all. She's amazing. Uh, I love that woman. She's so fun to be with, always laughing and like having a good time and knows how to get that tattoo magic going. And mm-hmm. um, she was at the strip club with me, of course. You know, what else? What else would she be doing? She likes to sing karaoke and she likes strippers. So she did this song. Perfect um, place. Yeah. What's, who did that song? Zombies. Was that Four Non Blonde? No, nope, that was uh, the girl from Ireland there, right? The song was even about Ireland. What was that? They did the linger. Do you have to let it linger? Yeah. The song of- about farts. <laughs> right. Just like spray the poopery, turn on the fan and leave the bathroom. Do you have to let it linger? Yeah. I mean, I thought the song was going to be next song that she was going to sing was going to be, do you have to leave the toilet seat up? <laughs> it's like are these things we're just mad about in the relationship maybe it's an irish thing i don't know yeah what was the cranberries yes that was it she's doing that song from zombies from cranberries and there's a point mark where it goes, eh, 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 oh, mm-hmm. or whatever and the yeah. actually on a handstand crawling her legs up the wall with her ass basically right in jaded moon's face mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, she's doing a wall crawling 69 on her, basically. <laughs> and like she has timed her twerks to hit Jaded Moon's chest right at the a. Eh, 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 oh. So this isn't even I mean, that is a skill. But moreover, this is also just like one of them perfect moments where everything coincided perfectly. Right. I mean, Jaded Moon's tit needs to be in the right area. She didn't be like, hey, bring your tits over here. Stand right about there. Right? This isn't something she's able to do with every client. Probably not. You were there, dude. You were there for it. No, I, I don't. I mean, she could. How but many like, people get to see that? Like, she would have been fucking hitting me in the head, you know? <laughs> right. So You're five, got- four. Jaded Moon's nipples probably come up to about five. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> You'd never look. They're right in your I- eyes, bro. I know exactly. You're a married man, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jaded Moon. I, that's who I work with out at, uh, in Madison. I work at her shop out in Madison, Wisconsin. When I go out and do get spots there, she's cool. You know, 
We mm-hmm. should talk about bounty paper towels and how much better than any other paper towel they are. They are better than any paper towel. Bounty, you should sponsor me. No shit, I never thought about that. Let's hit a bounty and fuck a sharpie lot of pens. Sharpies too. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the sponsor I want. Red Sharpie. <laughs> red and green sharpies. How about that? I need red and green sharpies. I'm a I'm a yellow, red, and then sometimes I'll bust out the the skin marker. What's a skin marker? Like a purple? Purple one, yeah. Okay, like yeah. The the medical ones. Yeah, just to, just to get that little bit darker where you need it. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's why a, I use the the green for because the green will on, work with the red. Sometimes you're good on the red. Sometimes you don't need the purple, but sometimes lots you do because you got a little fudgy there. You know. Mm-hmm. You see, you can't even see the yellow though. Put the yellow on, you can't even see it. Oh, I scribble with the yellow. It's almost like I just kind of like block in shapes with the yellow. Mm. And like I get just, that. Like, and then like honestly, when I start drawing with Sharpies, it looks like a five-year-old dude is doing the work. And then it builds up and gets better. And they're like, oh, okay, I can trust you now. And then you get <laughs> that ever on, they're like, okay, cool, we're good, you know. Yes, I do. Uh, a lot of times I feel like I like drawing with Sharpies to start out my tattoo because the people are more impressed when they get done because they trusted me with something that looked like crap, you know? Yeah. They, they just look at, uh, I don't know. I well, guess God, he sees no. something. That doesn't look like some red and green shit on my arm anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 Haven't I impressed you? <laughs> Pat me on the back. I, I think another thing about that too is I, what I really like about it is like, in a convention situation where you're like trying to finish a tattoo by the end of the day, whatever, it might mm-hmm. be a bit piece or whatever, you are going from start to end with one, one process, you know, like if I do my stencil uh, for like on my iPad or whatever, I do my drawing and my line drawing on my iPad. And then like, it sits for a couple days and then I put it on the scan. It's like, going with the markers and just being there with that body shape and the way it contours. Cause yeah. you know, clothes are a little different depending on the person. <laughs> like you get in that groove and then, you know, it takes a little longer for them. They have to sit longer while you draw it and everything. But like, I feel like the finished product is almost always better because it's like one nonstop process, start to finish all organic, no interruptions, you know, other than they like a break here and there to go pee or get it something to eat or whatever, you know? And it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a very you got arted on, man. You got straight fucking on. Nobody else is ever gonna. Did have you say arted on? Yeah, totally you got, got arted on. You know, arted up. That's gonna be the new rap song. Fuck that, tatted up. Arted up. Arted up. You done got arted on, son. The reason bounty towel is so much better is why. Um, it is absorbent, but not too soft. And you're not just going to go with the quicker picker upper. Huh? No, no, I actually fully invested in this theory. Like, okay, a lot of people like uh-huh. me, they're soft on the skin. They treat the client really nice. But when you start working opaques with them fuckers, they're too soft. You can't wipe the white off of the fucking tattoo enough. And then oh. also, when you tear them apart, there's fucking little lint bits every fucking where getting stuck on the skin, falling in your setup, fucking getting your ink, all these little lint bits. Stucking in your needle. Yes, little fucking lint bits. Ugh, can't stand that. Bounty what about wipeouts? 
Um, wait, was that the the tattoo product somebody made for a while? Yeah, DeVries, right? Mike DeVries came up with it. Yeah, I did try that. Maybe it's DeVries. I thought it was DeVries. What'd you think? I've always said DeVries, but it could be DeVries. I don't know the pronunciation. Um, um, they were okay, but like, meh, like for the cost versus like usefulness, like it's basically an impregnated wipe, you know, it's like, it's kind of Oh, like, you were using the ones with soap on them or something. Yes. Yes. Okay. I never, Did you ever use the package of just dry ones? Um, no. I really liked them. I, I need to get, I, I should probably order them. What I was doing though was because they are expensive is I would keep, I, w- I would try to use two or three just for running my needle into it. Ah, okay. 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 Yep. You know, so instead of running my needle into any paper towel or trying to kiss the edge right. to get that. it into the paper. Yep. Okay. Uh, I feel like somebody told me and I, I tried it and it worked pretty well. Put one of those wipeouts in your rinse cup. In your rinse cup. Yeah. Yeah. So With you put it in and it's water. floating around a little bit. Okay. And now, now you're, you got the water right in there and you kind of got, you know, some substance to kind of sponge to like pull, pull in, pull your ink into. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't bought any more though. Remember they had them on the on the circuit. Yep. And I I got a bunch <laughs> and then I, I just used them up and I probably should order some. I used them up and I liked them, but I'm not gonna buy them. <laughs> yeah, is that funny? It's like real good. It's a great product. Won't buy it. Yeah. Never buy it. I think I will. I have to actually. Uh-huh. I'm actually at that point now where I need to go back and order things. We've been I we, we buy everything on the road. So it's like if it's not at the tattoo convention, I'm not not waiting. Or I, I don't have things sent to my house here because we're in the hood. So I don't have my equipment sent to my house because it won't be on my porch when I wake up in the morning. You know? Yep. I know what you're talking about. Lebanon's a little hood itself sometimes. Um, oh. And not, it's not like bad, bad hood, but like mm-hmm. that definitely got some packages just showed up, like didn't show up after they were dropped off, after it said they were delivered. You know, Did you get that ring doorbell yet? Uh-uh. That's pretty fun. Even if it's just to mess with people when they're walking by the front of your house and you say, hey, something. Hey. What'd you do? But yes, uh, that is the problem. with. And so we've bought everything on the road, but White Boats was on the road with us and then they, they quit coming to the shows. Yep. That does happen a lot with things. Uh, Doesn't it? It I does. It seems like they feel they need to make that first initial splash and they're like, the work's done. Don't yeah. go back on the road. I think you should go back on the road, though. You got to stay. Relevant. I feel like yeah. I feel I, at least for me, it stays relevant just because I can buy it. Oh, but like you know, make a presence. Let people know you're still around. Like you know, make and, a stink. Yeah. Let it linger. Let it linger. Let yeah. the pipes linger. You know. Bounty, and do you I own have, stock in it? Do I own stock in it? No, but I would probably put stock in the bounty. Do you do you own stock? I don't own any stocks. Right on. That would probably be why you don't own Bounty then, huh? Yeah, that's probably. I feel uh, like as much as we use it, we should probably just we should honestly, right? A collective, like we have eight hundred and thirty-seven tattooers in the United States that have stock in Bounty. What do you think about them blue towels? Um. Well, they got a funny smell to them. Some of them do. And I'm pretty sure that's like an ammonia. And I'm not a real big fan of that idea. Hmm. 
Um, I never really used them too much. I knew friends that did, and they loved them, but I never yep. thought to even. I, I have a thought that far. I have a friend that uses them as well, and um, but his doesn't. His don't. They don't have that. <laughs> all to them. <laughs> his don't stink. Huh? No, it's like bought some special ones. It's like I don't know. Like some of them have this like ammonia smell, like almost like cat litter kind of smell. Um. And I'm just like, I, that's got to be some kind of chemical they're putting on these towels to like maybe make them more durable or absorb better or whatever they're doing. But like, I don't want to put that on people's skin, but the ones he uses, they don't smell like that. So maybe they're fine. Um, I think they're great, but I also like, that's kind of like the Viva thing. They're like a little too soft, you know, like mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know. It ain't I, working. I do a lot of color work. And sometimes I blend my color work with whites or sometimes my color has already got a lot of opaque in it. And you start, I would ra- like, as far as paper towels go, I would rather work with black all day than any bit of white because that paper towel will last me for fucking 45 minutes to an hour, you know, but you start throwing some white in that business and it gets on the paper towel. And then every time you wipe, you're just smearing white around and it's like, go through like a roll of paper towels and like a four hour tattoo. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Just a lot of extra extra time wiping extra time cleaning using soap to clean it off or like throwing your towel away and grab one and like it just cuts away from being efficient and i feel like bounty is like not too tough it's not like one of those like paper towels that'll fall apart after four wipes and it's but it's also like not too abrasive on the skin but it's abrasive enough that it's got some tooth to it when you're wiping and it, it cleans the skin off good you know when you uh started I don't know if I if if you started, but some kind of change has happened with your tattooing recently. With your direction, is it just that your client base is finally catching up to you and letting you dream like that, or did you find a different approach to dealing with them? Um, a little of both, and probably one feeds the other. Um, I don't know. I'm not. That makes sense. I'm like, hmm. Let me let me think how to phrase this. <laughs> both happen like i've always got japanese stuff up on my table but you know not everybody wants japanese stuff at all the shows mm-hmm. so i'm gonna tattoo what i can and you know pay the bills and make it worth going out there and go home and pay my bills at home and all that stuff and uh so like sometimes there's a give take and you don't always get to do like focus on that stuff but lately it's been kind of blowing up a little bit like yeah, it has has it's it been because your art has improved? Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding a good rest. Like this plateau thing. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like it's improving, but like there's definitely like spots where you level out, or things even kind of get stagnant a little bit. And I think that has a lot to do with just you know your your happiness with your clientele and like what you're doing as an artist for sure. But I also don't ever want to be that guy that's like, well, I'll only do this and fuck everybody else. Because, you know, sometimes those little jams, like with the right person uh-huh. that clicks with you are some of the funnest things in the world to do. You like spend yeah. an hour and a half with these people and they, they got something little and dumb, but their energy and your energy was like it clicked. And it's like I had a great time. So I don't want to say like I'm, I just stopped doing those things. I haven't and I will do them, but I definitely am a little more picky about it. And I think that's a lot of what it is, too, is I've been more picky. I'm holding my ground on like my prices, you know, mm-hmm. and 
Like, it's like super rad when you get to do a piece you want, but like the client won't let you do it the way you want to do it, you know? And so like that falls into like, oh, well, like I want this piece, but you're too much. So like, can I get it smaller here? And it's like, yeah, I can do it smaller, more fucking time. And it's going to be more stressful to do. It's really not the size that thing is supposed to be done. I've just been kind of holding my ground with stuff like that. Whereas like, I wouldn't want to like, I don't know. I also don't enter a lot. And like, well, that would limit your, your, like, if you take a tattoo design for one size and then you make it smaller, you didn't make it cheaper necessarily. Right. You just made it less impressive. But it's also less impressive because it doesn't have the room. You know, it doesn't have the room for what I wanted to do in it. So I've been a little firmer on that stuff, which is good. And um, holding ground with my prices being like, no, this this size. We're going to be done today. You're going to have a fucking half sleeve fucking Japanese fucking koi fish, but it's going to cost you this much. But you're going to be done with it today. That's that. Right. Do you, and, and that's been working then, like uh, almost like watching hands pass you by at playing poker. Like it can be better, right? Like you don't need to bite on everyone or you're going to lose your money. Yes, actually, that's if I'm wasting my time with this thing that I'm not really into, maybe that person walked by that wanted that thing that I'm super into. And, you know, sometimes you got to just let them let the fish swim by, you know? Yes. I think that's a big one for young artists is really to know that. Yeah. Is that especially at a show. Um, I mean, we, a lot of us come up with that old timer telling us you got to be able to do everything or you're worth nothing to me. But right. at a tattoo convention, it can be a little different. You oh, got a little more control over it. It can be whatever you want it to be. You can be that guy doing the thing, but you can also be that other guy doing that thing. You know? Yeah. yeah if you want to do everything. Meanwhile, if we do the things that we're not passionate about, then we don't burn that fire. We don't build that fire any, any right. hotter. And then and, there were it's kind of stagnant and boring and doesn't like, draw flies and moths right i'm not i'm not here sitting here singing and dancing while i'm doing this tattoo because it's just no fun you know it happened not too long ago for me i was too easily uh i don't know i was dealing with clients after ink masters kind of changed slightly and not necessarily the way i wanted it to right when i, when I look back on it i think a lot the majority of it was of course me you know, and not understanding, not having the patience, but when somebody would, they, they would say the wrong thing to me and I just no longer had time. And I just turned into a robot that shot out tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, yep. it, I had to realize some of those key words that were making me do that. And then I also had to think about it in the fashion um, that I, I really think our heroes that do the things they do the same thing. Like you look at a tattoo and you're like, that is James Vaughn. You look at a tattoo, you're like, that's Nico Hurtado. Yes. That's Pooch. You know what yes. I mean? That's, that's all okay. these different, you know, Josh Payne, you yep. know, it, yourself. It, when we, when we look at those tattoos um, and we really know who it is, it's a lot of times because they're doing something they are passionate about. Right. It, it yes. And, and so it's, it shines through their tattoo. But if they were doing something that they weren't passionate about, and it's not that people don't come in and say, hey, I want you to do this tattoo that you have no passion for, because you know they do. It's just I think they develop really strong resistance like you have recently to, um, you know, somebody pushing their design like into the wrong way, you know, just making it too small or doing whatever. I no, think I- they say no more. 
Yes. And a lot of that too is, you know, we as tattooers have to educate clients all the time, new clients that have never been tattooed before and they don't know how things work, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's part of it too. And like, you know, some of us have been doing this long enough. They don't want to deal with that. You know, I always try to help clients, but like, I'm also like, I'm not your guy and this is why. And maybe like go about it this way, you know, like I want to help you. I want to further your experience of getting tattooed, even if it's not by me. Like, mm-hmm. like, well, you is- know, I'll, that's just because, you know, I'll buy you a beer if you send one my way. Absolutely. Well, you're going to give me a shot of tequila is what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No <laughs> gluten on you. Unmute. Yes. Now I can. I, I can even speak now before i could hear you but i couldn't speak like, that's cool are you you're going to puerto rico you're going to hang out with our friend troy then huh yes 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 it's gonna be great i wish i could have timed that up with you we're we're hoping to get out there during this little break too this has been like fear coming for us we like actually like planned it out a couple times and just like things weren't working out with her schedule and my schedule and Troy's like, I don't even have to be there. Come on out. And I'm like, well, I'd rather you be there and get to hang out with you a little bit. But Yeah, and show us around. Right. Well, right. I mean, he's going to be doing his work thing during the day because that guy is a fucking rare animal, man. Holy shit, the things that guy does. What do you, what do you know of the things that guy does? I've had him on the show a couple of times. Yeah, Um. Uh. well, I stayed with him in Philly uh, for a bit. <laughs> And uh, when I first started working up there, I mean, I still stay with him, but he's never there anymore. Um, um, but now I come home from tattooing at the shop and then like I get there and he's like, oh, Dale, look what I just did. I did fucking four T-shirt designs for the next three shows. Wow. Look, and here's an alternate one for each one. And you're like, what the fuck? And you just and like, and meanwhile, he's like watching something on, on the TV and like going through emails and responding to people like every fucking he'll be bitching about like this one uh convention uh facet that he's got to deal with or like why can't these people understand this email like you know and then dealing with us as tattooers like getting boosts and like doing the floor plan like he's a i couldn't do it there's i couldn't do it there's no way i there's believe one you if when i like knew him i was like oh i can do this and then i actually like sat in on his life a little bit i was like no i can't do that i don't want to do that (laughs) that's the number one reason probably why not yeah that's he's a machine he's got to have a purpose what's he working towards what's he working for you know i'm i'm glad he's i'm glad he's there you know oh yeah i've um i mean you've done other conventions yep sure have Lots You've done bad conventions occasionally. Oh, sure have. <laughs> and it, you can't always know. You can't always know. And honestly, like, that's part of the game, too. It's like not everyone's a winner, you know, even if you're established in, like, this Villain Arts um, convention tour. Like, man, I did a – sometimes you just have a bad weekend, you know, and it just happens. Right. Yeah. You know? That is the nice thing about villain arts, though, of course, that there are a lot less of the bad weekend. It's usually going to be on you more than it's going to be. And at a villain arts show, it's probably your fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one probably to blame, you know. And thanks. Thanks a lot in large part to Troy, isn't it? Enormously. Yeah. He's got a large team of 
of, I don't know, non-functioning human beings that function so well together. Is that possible? <laughs> right. I think of pickles sometimes. And I love the man. Uh, it, I see him as a very integral and important cog in the machinery that is villain arts. 100% is. However, I remove him from villain arts. And I think, would this guy be a success anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm sure he could find a niche somewhere but i'm glad he's here with us yeah you know where he'd find the niche is probably um i wonder what i feel like he he would be able to work in porn i mean not necessarily in front of the camera i ain't saying he okay. couldn't do that too but i mean like yeah he'd be one of those people that completely maybe i'm just having that because uh you've seen his new artwork uh, his um, epoxy things with the stencil stuff. Yes. The, yes. I love that stuff. It's brilliant. Like, it's I so think it is, too. I was it's over there hard. and it, it, it struck me as a genius of sorts for yeah, sure. Like, it's definitely like, oh, man, <laughs> it's slack at its finest. I am taking this scrap stuff and funny shit and like making stencils of it and putting it in epoxy and selling it because I got a side hustle. You know, and I love Neil. He's great because some of the shit on these stencils is fucking hilarious. First off, <laughs> like, yeah, whether it be a stencil that was actually made or just one from his own collection that he wanted made. Some shit he lined out of a porn mag. You know, like fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's throwing them through uh, apps or something like that, putting them in a porn mag, and then putting them in epoxy. And, and every one of them looks like they should be in my stencil room in a tattoo studio. You're yes i love it i need to pick some of those up i was there was a couple i saw a few shows ago i just never got around to grabbing them but so when you guys are at at the villain art shows make sure you take a stop over by stencilvania because there's no reason for you to go there if you're not an artist except to meet pickles and to buy one of his stencil epoxies or to find out what tattoo entries are for stencilvania's award oh yes stencilvania offers an award for like the weirdest stencil or something right yep yep i can't remember is it weirdest the- or do they they i think it's do they- stencilvania's like oh man i can't it's stencilvania something award and tattoo quite- of the day stencil of the day maybe um it's like a best of show i think it's all weekend there's only one award that goes out and honestly this thing is like almost like the Easter egg prestigious award at, to get at the convention, honestly, because it's like, yeah, it, it's got to be strange and out there and fucking like, I don't know, like perverted enough or like just fucking weird enough that Neil says that's the fucking one, you know? <laughs> and is Neil the determined? Is, is there any anybody else involved in that process that you know have, of? Yeah, but I really feel like Neil is a big part of that because he's the one going <laughs> pencils as he's making them and then like being like, oh, you. Oh yeah, that one got replaced. No yeah. longer in the running. While you were out, mine is well, no. How it works? I don't want to say the exact uh, uh, dynamics of that situation because I really don't know. But I'm pretty sure Neil. I think Neil picks them. I could be wrong. So also, what you're saying is there's probably a way to uh, scale. Like if you bought Neil enough drinks, you might win. Is that what you're saying? Like, Careful. Like, you don't want to out the process because I don't. I don't think that's the buy neil drinks yes try <laughs> yeah feel happy buy him drinks but just do that as an artist because you appreciate his time and helping him yeah. 
and he can never get away from Stensylvania for very long to go eat or get a drink. So bring that motherfucker a drink. And what's nice about Stensylvania, for those who have not been to a villain art show, um, is that generally at tattoo shows, it's going to be hell to get a stencil. You're going to go to people who don't know what they're doing necessarily. Um, they're trying to figure out to make this thing run for you, and they won't let you touch it because, quite honestly, even though I'm probably competent enough or I like to think it, I'm not, and I'm going to fuck up their whole thing for more than one artist after me. You know what right. I mean? I like change all the settings on it. And so they always have some kid from high school trying to figure it out too, because they think, you know, if the same idiot keeps it up, then he'll figure it out by the weekend, but he ain't figured it out till the weekend till the end of the weekend. Be, right. He'll be ready next show. But currently you sit there with a need for a stencil and nobody know, you know, to help you do it. However, we go to Stensylvania and uh, they kind of know their business with it. Yeah, it's like his job. It's just like his job. Well, it's, <laughs> it's one of his jobs, you know? Yes. But like during the other the job, job is drinking your alcohol job. as you try to warm him up to to picking your stencil in the stencil competition. Or like driving the trucks with all the stuff there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got oh, to do that with him once. I, I've, I, I did that for Troy once to Chicago. From Philly, what'd to you Chicago. think of it? Yeah, um, we got hit with a blizzard. Fun, um, and it was just me in the truck. Um, Adam, Adam, box, goes, box van was it like twenty? Is it twenty thousand pounds? Is that right? It was a tiger truck. It was a box truck. It was a okay. tiger. Is it? They're like let Dale take the tiger. Or I remember him saying, but um, no, uh, we're still in Pennsylvania, and a blizzard starts hitting. They're closing down the turnpike. And I'm like, well, here's my mentality. Like, if I commit to doing something, I'm going to do my damnedest to get it fucking done. That's just, like, who I am. And so I call up Troy. I'm like, so they're closing the fucking turnpike down. Um, there's one exit I can get off of here. There's an alternate route. Takes a little longer. But uh, should I? he's like, yeah, if you want to go for it, go for it. I'm like, all right, Troy, cool. So I go Sounds for it. Sounds dangerous. I go for it. Like some ice road trucker shit. Exactly. I had a line of <laughs> 15 cars behind me. I'm in second gear going up this fucking mountain. And I'm like, I cannot stop. If I stop, everyone behind me is going to crash, wreck, die possibly. So like I'm white knuckling it through the snowy mountains of fucking Mordor in this fucking <laughs> box truck that, you know, and I've, I've drove a couple big U-Hauls and stuff, but like, I'm not a truck driver. So, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm running up this fucking mountain. And I made it, but there was like literally like um, truckers, like legit truckers with like actual like big rigs, like uh -huh. operate like in the ditch left and right. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it anyway. And I made it to Chicago <laughs> before all the other people that actually drive the trucks. Yeah, like like legit truckers. Yeah, like <laughs> pulled uh, just not even pulled over, just in no, accidents, like, right? Like not not like just like in the ditch. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah fairly an accident but they they might have like stopped going uphill and said i better hit the ditch before i take out the 10 cars behind me you know which was like okay yeah mm -hmm. and then but, but now you're at the top of the hill you got to get back down was that just as easy or not uh it just i kept it just it as was, easy it was second gear for like 150 miles and then you, and you still made it there before everybody else though yeah oh yeah yeah once it got out of the snowstorm <laughs> fine but like 
But the whole time you could have gladly just gotten a wait a hotel and waited till it passed or not? What else everybody else do? I'm not sure, but I was the first one there. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing they didn't. They didn't they didn't no, go I'm in second sure year. They, I'm pretty sure they saw the turnpike closed and probably just called it a day, a wash for the day, you know? Right. Oh, you never yeah. even asked. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't really ask. I, I told, I told Troy, there's this alternate route I can take on my GPS. Mm. Well, if you want to, not, that's fine. And I was like, no, fuck it. I'm going. And I did have like a, uh, what, like a little smoky in the bandit. I had a Adam, um, does the world of oddities expo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he was up there and he was taking a bunch of his stuff up and we were just happened to be driving around the same time, but he was kind of like, oh, cool. smoky in the band. <laughs> He what you mean he could there. he could drive fast ahead of you? he's loaded down too right no he was in a van he was in a van he was like okay yeah but like he was so it's like you had some beer in texarkana and they were thirsty in atlanta <laughs> yeah we had to drive fast um now nah, it was it's definitely it's it's uh fuck man the inner workings of villain arts and all the people involved to make the shows happen is really what i was getting at with that story and seeing it firsthand that you've been on the road in those trucks before going from point A to point B. And it's just crazy what it takes for these shows to go on and to see the inner workings of it. And like, to know the people that set it up and like, you know, without them doing the things, we wouldn't be doing the things that we get to do, you know, thousand points of light. Take it back to W Bush. The first, my favorite. I don't like either of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're probably I, terrible people. But if I, I had to pick one, Neil. but yeah, he did say a thousand flights. <laughs> so yeah, he just got the win there. Um, Neil's great. Like, and I, I, everyone before too, and all the sideshow people that do the shows and like getting to know all those people, like Alakazam and like Old mm-hmm. City and like who are the new ones now? Um, Captain and Mabel. Dave, 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 right? It's Dave and Mabel. Nope, Captain uh, Chris, Chris Steele and Mabel. Yes. Is Steel his last name is I wonder if that's real too. Or if he uh, that's a stage name, I wonder. He is a performer. It might be a stage yeah. name. Her real name is I, I guess I shouldn't say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but Captain So I guess maybe there's a reason. They're like, no, they're we're great. running away from a whole past. They're great. We are honestly like kind of like the last like uh carny sideshow type attraction that is touring the way it does. Left you think play. um i mean carnies except for carnies then yes right like but yeah. they're just yeah. trying to kill your kids on a tilted world anyways right 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 kill them yeah. or touch them funny stay away from the fairs guys <laughs> those things are far yeah. too old at this point but like okay so you have fairs that's a different thing but like i'm like like ringling brothers they don't do that yeah. anymore they? No. and then they like get all that stuff like PETA fucking killed all the animal like showings and travelings or whatever i don't oh yeah i think there is something that uh peter was real good about um being able to shut down or good or bad i don't know depending on how you want to be on it but yeah and it does seem like but honestly anytime i've taken pictures in my uh in my travels of the ringling the fairs or the you know circuses Uh and we've taken pictures with different animals or whatever and then i look at the picture the animal is not happy no none of them (laughs) ever I remember the last time I went to one, I put my son on an elephant and I was like, I felt like a piece of shit afterwards. I was like, you know, I really yeah. got that, that elephant running, but this picture right here. Yeah. 
don't, know, I don't feel as bad about elephants because I'm like, hey, man, maybe we're saving you from fortunes. Maybe it's worth it. You don't know. I didn't catch that. <laughs> That. Oh, maybe it's worth it because maybe we're saving you from poachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe maybe it's worth getting smacked in the head with a lead pipe. You ever seen that one? The guys no. training the elephants and they're just like smashing these guys with pipes. Like, like it's a big animal. I get it, but yeah, seems like it might be a nicer way, a kinder, it's more gently way. Be a better way. I don't like those guys. Holy shit! I like man. Come on, no need to hit elephants with lead pipes. Be nice to your animals. You know, actually, they yeah. say uh, cruelty to animals stems from weakness of self. All I cruelty agree. to animals. I am even human. However, human being cruel to a human is easier than being cruel to an animal. Jeez. Well, human. for who? For you? Well, think about it. Many well, of us. A lot of times. Well, there's a certain amount of cruelty that we all extend. And uh, I ain't trying to give up eating meat just yet either. But that's a terrible agricultural industry or I- industry for. Uh, you are totally correct. And I'm probably still going to eat a pork chop later. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am, too. But when I think about the cruelty that goes into that, then I become a part of it and without even thinking. Maybe yeah. it's even worse. You're taking part. You're, you're spending dollars on it. You're taking part. Uh. Yeah. And everybody wants to tell me, though, that vegetarianism is actually healthier and that you'll live a longer life. But, Maybe. well, there's new studies out that kind of show actually the opposite. I'm sure they're yeah. always looking for them. But well, vegetarians do live longer lives, but oftentimes not because they're vegetarians and instead because of they're vegetarians. And that's the kind of choices you make when you're a vegetarian. Life, good life choices, you know? Yes. Yes. So it's not just necessarily being a vegetarian. It's like you're already kind of in this mentality where it's like, I want to take care of myself and eat well. Yeah. So now so I'm, I'm a vegetarian, but I jog too. It's yeah, a big difference. And, yeah. And I do yoga and I like, you know, actually have enough break from work that I'm not a total stress ball, like destroying, yeah. giving myself. And I understand the importance of the 18 palm, of the yeah. low hand palms. 18 low hand palms. Oh, what if there was. Mm-hmm. Can I plug uh, my uh, my martial arts instructor? Yeah. Okay, let me let me get his Patreon. What are we here for, man? Oh, you don't even have it up? Well, he's got oh. Patreon. You're gonna have people sending him money. Yeah. Does he well, do video like, too? That, yeah, it's for like it's like uh the it's uh he has different systems and stuff that he works with, but uh like what we're doing now, it's like a video a day. It basically breaks down to like a dollar a day. It's not really anything for for like training purposes. Like I'm totally getting what it's worth, and. Yeah. Uh, but it's like right now we're doing this thing, 100 days of training of 18 palms. So it's like you invest yourself for 100 days to train in this thing and learn it. And it's like so if everybody <laughs> wanted to listening, they could they could look up your sensei's Patreon or whatnot, and they could yeah. look them up and get a video sent to them every day and do this with. You. Yep. Yep. And how is your how is your journey been with it? Um, I think we're about halfway through. Um, actually, how's it got you feeling? Um, good. Honestly, like it starts out like the main thing is just the moving form, but he adds stuff every day, like supplemental stuff, like stuff on meditation, stuff on stretching, stuff on certain types of massage, which is all very closely related to like um, Eastern medicine, Chinese medicine type stuff where it's like, you know, it's not necessarily like, let's fucking uh, give you antibiotics for this. Let's uh, figure out what the actual problem is. It's related to this organ. And this thing is connected to this organ through these meridians or whatever. And it's not too hokey. Like he kind of gets away from that, like, um, chi 
like we still too is, spiritual kind of stuff to take um it 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 he uh, gets away from being like too woo woo and mystical and he's just i, know, I get that yeah it, sometimes you're just you're talking to some yogi or something and you're like down with it but then he starts pulling out crystals and fucking chakra cleanses or whatever you're like oh. right right okay but so like these are parts of the system but like like um western culture has kind of romanticized it so much that it, a lot is lost in translation so it's like when they're like okay um you know we're gonna like um breathe into your dantian put your mind in your dantian that basically dantian is like basically like a chakra but like he's not getting into it in like weird yoga hippie whatever type ways it's like um this is a this is where you breathe into you breathe into your diaphragm which is your dantian and like this is how we're going to start this motion with your body you oh know? instead of making me get run to googles after each uh fucking class yeah like uh i just acted like i knew what he was talking about breathe along right right but like that's okay. nice when somebody breaks it down for you yeah and it's it's like it's it's palatable you know what i mean it's not like oh man this guy's like he like you see some of these videos on youtube or whatever there's like fake martial artists that are like throwing people down with a hand and they're not even touching them and stuff like he's, <laughs> yeah i don't you know a lot of times senseis will achieve a certain level of popularity and they will really start to buy into it themselves and then they will have everybody else acting along with them just like we see when have you seen steven seagal do any stuff with his ukes or his uh uh is the the throw around guys his training peoples yeah his training people so he'll come out and not even touch people like literally they got video of him like doing demonstrations of aikido and he's like not touching people doesn't make contact and the dude flips over in some violent way you know uh yeah yeah just, like just he's just walking around simply like you fall down then you fall down holy hand was laid on him and a fucking uh at a fucking uh god damn it a tv evangelist fucking hand laid down like yes yeah but, and then they just made him do a monkey flip instead of fall yeah. back under the power yeah Oh. Yeah, that's Steven Seagal. And I think that he's reached that point where he's kind of bought into it enough that he thinks it's really more about keeping the persona of strength than it is keeping the training that gives him the strength. Yeah, that's my interpretation. So what I'm saying by that is, yeah, I'll fucking answer your I Didn't he once have a like um, he would fight Jean-Claude Van Damme or something for like a million dollars or some shit? Oh, yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that as well. Well, the sad as that is, now I'm saying you're you're old enough, motherfucker, that I will take that up, and I'm not even Jean Claude Mondam. <laughs> right? But at and the same time, I realize if I got my ass beat by even killed by Steven Seagal. Oh, oh. So anyway, let me plug my kung fu guy. Yeah, so, we were waiting on that. It'd take forever, man. Come on. Got off topic. Um, Why are you getting off topic? So it's Neil with a capital N, underscore the kung fu guy, all lowercase underscore capital r ripski just yeah. breaks the rules so he's breaking the norms not just in syntax and uh in spelling he's also breaking the norms in kung fu um uh, yeah yeah he's 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 <laughs> a guy he's like really down to earth mellow um his his uh school is called red jade martial martial arts red jade martial arts um and uh 
yeah, it's good stuff. Like I just I like fucking martial arts, and he's like got some like very traditional background in the way he teaches, and his his no woo woo. He's not gonna try to fantasticate it, but like all these things do have definitions, you know. Like yeah, is a thing. It's a relationship, you know, and like yin and yang and opposition of you know the duality of things is like a thing you know what i mean and it's all like sound philosophy right with him he's great he takes some of the 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 hooey out of it you're saying yes kind of brings it down to some science now you used to uh you always been doing martial arts you used to compete too or not um a little bit nothing too crazy a lot when i was younger like i started with taekwondo when i was like really little i actually did really good i I don't know. I must have been like six years old, seven years old in 1980-something. And uh, I, I got most outstanding junior student of the year. And that's anyone under 16. And I think there is like in our region 240 kids. So like that was pretty good. I competed a lot back then. And then Did your parents get you into that then? Or how, how do you fall into Taekwondo? It was actually my grandfather. And this is around the time like Ninja Turtles were cool and shit. And I was like, Daniel awesome. fucking karate kid was on like okay, was, yeah. cool and it was like so, I was kind of like a I don't know I don't maybe an angry little thing from the, the stories I was told by uh my Your parents, parents, or, my okay, parents yeah. and aunts like I'd like I loved football I like taking hits like I'd like you know what I mean like give myself two black eyes by jumping into the corner of the coffee table one time you know just WWE shit back in the day yeah. before before Shit, was, they were before. proud to tell you about huh yeah a little and, spider monkey running around two black eyes and a dislocated shoulder exactly and like just running my head full board in the cupboards like but so they're like he's got a lot of aggression let's focus that into this. <laughs> it was actually a really good move like self-discipline yeah. you know like all that a lot of good things come from that well, it and, seems like it's paid off too even now right i mean you're still following and pursuing this you yeah. know which has got to give you help and purpose to life it it absolutely it brings balance to life and tattooing has given me so much but it's also like i stopped playing guitar because i needed to get more into tattooing i stopped doing martial arts here and there over the times too because like i needed to focus more on my tattooing and but mm-hmm. martial arts has always been like this nice balance for me like you know I, I think all of the artists out there should do something else besides tattoo yeah do a Matter podcast or something do a podcast fucking go play <laughs> Frisbee golf, like, you know, yeah. fall deeply in love and watch tattooing ruin it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, you, you say you, you've never really had an apprentice or you did? Um, I've, I've tried a few times. No one has ever, like, completed an Stuck apprentice. Stuck it out. And yeah. fine. You know, some of them went on to other things on their own, and that's fine, too. Like, I'm glad they pursued it and did the thing. But when I find somebody that tells me they want to be a tattoo artist. And they ask what it's going to take. I say, well, it's going to take dedication. And let me ask you a question to see where you're at with it. Are you got a girlfriend? They're like, yeah, I love my girlfriend. Are you prepared to watch her leave? Right. That is very <laughs> legit thing there. She packs her fucking bags. And you're like, yeah, I love this thing that much. I'll see you later, bitch. Yeah, that's happened more than once for me. Oh really? Tattoos were the were the it was a choice. Oh yeah, I, I was more married to tattoos than I was to the idea of that relationship. Yeah. All right. Well, here's but, one thing that you can learn from that if you're that other person. 
quit expecting somebody to not be happy for you, you fucking cunt. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's not even about the tattooing so much. It's about me pursuing my personal happiness and what I want. Right. Some succubus didn't. She says, this looks like success down the line. If you keep doing it like you are, you're going to be somewhere. I better mm-hmm. get in the way of that. <laughs> I better get right in the fucking way. Yeah. I think that they did. They got in the way and then they got pushed out the door. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know well, how it went. But I do recall one girl that I was a girl that I started tattooing and uh, she couldn't stand it. It would just drive her crazy. The thought that I would tattoo a female on her body. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of jealousy and insecurities, you know, Mm -hmm. it does expose a lot. And that's that's why I say that you're ready to lose your girlfriend. Cool. You're going to make it far. Oh, Mm -hmm. no, I love my girlfriend. I could never leave her. there. I'm like, well, good luck. (laughs) we'll see how it goes for you yeah i'll still be doing it that's what i know yeah it's it's a beautiful thing i love tattooing a lot not everybody can do it no and like long term too like that's something to say like been through it like it's not all like fucking smiles and rainbows either it's like fuck man my back a sacrifice my back's busted fucking i i don't have any time for myself (laughs) like yeah it, when it do is. you think you're going to stop ever? Um, honestly, like I've been thinking about that a bit. Uh, wife, he's trying to think about the future and like mm-hmm. you know, stuff and like me doing this building things and stuff. I don't know. Honestly, like I'm like totally comfortable with the idea of being the old guy at the shows. Yeah. Like, you know, the, 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 the Bowery stands, Lyle Tuttle, the Philadelphia Eddie. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? Um, would you how much would you love to go to a tattoo convention just to give your opinion on some shit tell somebody they're working with a dildo instead of a real machine and then get paid and be loved by everybody <laughs> and be loved by everyone yeah yeah, yeah. I, candy just reminded me the first time we took our picture with lyle um he immediately right before he's like hey you probably take that shirt off <laughs> oh what what was the shirt i was talking to my wife He's like, you pull your top up. <laughs> he was just like, oh, let's pull them titties out. Fucking, why are we taking a picture? There ain't no titties out. Oh, He's like, oh, that's a funny one, Lyle. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> this is obligation. Uh, Get him canceled these days, it could. I know, right? And yet, I still love that, man. I, I still love it, too. You know, they had a way it's it's an art it's an art there's yeah. and it's like a way of saying something like that but making everybody in the room fucking relax by saying well and also uh you know what your girl's got a choice you don't have to like my wife honestly that's one of the reasons i'm with her and she's so awesome it's because she was like oh that's funny oh, I was taking a picture, old man. <laughs> like oh, really you can pull them titties out she's like yeah that's not. just yes. take the picture there is a choice. And honestly, Lyle's probably doing people a favor by making that statement when he did it. Um, oh, yeah, because honestly, if my girl is just to whip her tits out on the command of another man, you're going to find I don't think she, she ain't going to she don't need to be my girl, to be honest. Right. He, he did you a favor. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. gave her the test. You know who else did? We met that guy from the crab show. He won one of the hill strands. I think it was maybe it wasn't hill strand. I, I thought it was. 
but one of the dudes at the Detroit convention, we ended up in a, um, in an elevator with him. We took our photo and he's immediately said, ah, she can pull her tits out. <laughs> Zach same. I don't know. They come from that coast. Maybe. Well, or just that era. It's different. I talked to like, like the Skyvers and the, the Eddie yeah. stuff. And it's just a different era. It's a bygone era or whatever. And it's like, I'm glad I came up in that and was around that and understand that dynamic of just lightening the mood and controlling a room and like, you know, charisma, you know? Yeah. I don't, you think you're going to, you're going to call what Skyver does charisma or not? Fucking I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not to disagree, but I'm hesitant to disagree. How about that? It's yeah. Um, <laughs> it's is 100% him. And I love him for uh, being same with James, same with a lot of these people, you know? Yeah. Yes, I do. I feel like it's, it's, um, I don't know, in some re- regard, you almost feel like it's not right that I like these people that are not right so much, <laughs> <laughs> but it feels so right. I think it'd be wrong Good. not to like these wrong people. Yeah. But what's wrong? It's a matter of opinion and where your perspective is, you know? Yeah. What is good? What is bad? Well, there's a story. I can't remember it. I was, I didn't even know the story, but someone I know had a dog and they named the dog Gratch and Gratch from why they named him. They told me this, why they named the dog Gratch was because Gratch was this character in a book and this character was a gargoyle. And the only way it could differentiate between good and bad was to eat it. So Mm. only way that was its entire perspective was good and bad. This is good. This is bad. But I I had to kill it to figure that out. Yeah. Damn it. That was good. Well, shit. Oh, dang. I don't like that. That's bad. I won't eat that again. You know, and it's just. Yeah. Well, I wondered then he was eating if he if he could identify traits about that thing, he would only eat the things that were good, actually. Yeah. Because they taste good, I'm guessing. Anyways, yeah. moving on. You were yeah. saying. That's, a, that's all I'm saying is. It's oh, just that's all a, you're saying? Gretch yeah, doesn't have a, 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 you know, moral really to it. What doesn't? Does it have a moral to it then? The story of well, Gretch? The, the Gretch. Uh, the moral of the Gretch story is, um, you know, you're saying like, well, I, is it wrong for me to like this guy that's wrong? It's wrong and right is just a matter of opinion, you know? Yeah, so I much spoil. Like That movie Old that. Boy kind of taught me that, but I never need to see it again. Oh, yeah, that's a good. Did you watch the American version or the? the I think Fuck that Chinese. shit. I'll read some subtitles before I go in for that crap. Yes, that was a, <laughs> it was an amazing movie, but yeah, fuck that. Did you watch the American version then or you watched the Korean version? I watched the it was Korean, right? Yeah, I watched the Korean yeah. version first. Um then I part of the American version, I was like, this is fucking absolutely terrible. It was, they they butchered it not in a good way. They got a way of doing that. It seems like um they might have. Have you ever seen eight uh was not eight seconds? Um Ordinary People with Luke Perry? uh maybe maybe not all right right. yeah i'm probably getting off track which which is a a sure sign that i have stayed too long oh too much much. you got a shop um i do about that it's it's private studio it's three treasures oh yeah you keep saying that i know fucking hierarchy that that is you just dropping that on the private studio I'm on the road so much. I don't have hours. I don't have anyone running the place when I'm not here. So it's, it's really wow. just, just me. 
and I tattoo the clientele around here. Um, I've been in this area for 20 years or whatever. And I tattoo like my clients from here. And then, you know, recently I've got some people like traveling from good distances away to get some really cool shit that I want to do on them. So that's been great. Um, and then I'm hunter gatherer tattoo in uh, West Philly a couple days a week when I'm in town, when I'm in the state, I should say, and not on the road. And then ritual moon in Madison, Wisconsin is another staple for me. And then just on the road, really. Um, what else? Anything so else? Awesome. How do I promote Dude, your life's life? pretty fucking awesome, really. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rad. And I gotta thank um, tattooing for it and all the wonderful people that I've met in tattooing for that. I, it's not just me; it's them, and they're great. I feel it's uh, easily as much about the people. Um, it's it's more about relationships than you know. Your art's got to be good, but like it's relationships, man. Do you think that relationships help your art be good? Absolutely. Cause you know, like we're artists and sometimes we get down and we do art, we art together and like we learn things from each other. And then like, you know, these relationships build into other relationships. And now all of a sudden you get the opportunity to work with this person that like you never met before, but you like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I idolize them, but like fucking love their work and like fucking just want to like sit and watch. Like I'll go to a fucking do a guest spot and like, I'll, be around the guy that's better than me and like just watch and like shoot the shit a little bit and like learn how they talk to people and like learn what they're doing with this color blend here and like why they switch to that needle for this purpose and yeah when you're watching do you kind of plan ahead think like uh what would i do what would be my next move and then see if they do that and then compare the differences of the possible choices why he did that or you ask questions how do you observe? I, I ask questions. I try to ask the right questions. Um, first off, so that the motherfucker knows that I know what I'm talking about. And then there's this mutual respect earned. And then mm-hmm. you like, I really want to pick the brain. Like, okay, so like you're using a coil machine for that. And like, you got it kind of too low. Is this making it softer for you? What kind of needle grouping are you using? You know, and like whatever inks and all that. I don't think ink really matters that much as long as you're getting quality um it's getting to be that way isn't it it is they're almost all the same company anymore um or at least stemmed from and right but you do need to still make sure it's quality like but there's some good companies that come out in the past few years that are doing really quality ink i'm I'm using uh industry a lot right now i'm not even sponsored by them but i'll throw that shit out there because i like them Uh, i like the dudes that work it and the color is good and it's I'm seeing it now. I've been using it for a year or so. I'm seeing it come back healed at these shows. The next year I go there, I'm like, all right, that's holding really nice. That's good to go. And he had some real good help from some, some industry uh, icons kind of uh, for ink industry at least. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And um, I forgot even what we were talking about for a second. I got lost. Oh, how to watch, how to watch, how to learn the most. Yeah, it's like, okay, so are you using bug pins? Are you, like, shading, you know, like, and everybody does things differently. Like, fuck, I know people that color, do color blending with bug pins. And, like, to me, I'm like, that's retarded. But, like, you're doing it well. <laughs> I know. Zach, I've been there. I asked a kid once. Um, I was like, uh, yeah, you keep any bug because he had a cartridge. You know, he was selling cartridges that he had or whatnot. It's like, uh, you got any bug pins, you know, for black and gray? He's like, nah, I don't really use them. I'm still 12. Or no. Or I, I, I forget how it was. I asked him, I guess, actually. But he did tell me that he used bug pins for color. 
And I was like, really, I was really surprised by that. And he's known for color. Yep. Blown away. You're like, okay, well, that worked for you. I tried it. I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It took me for, it takes longer, no? Yeah. It takes way longer in my opinion. And I feel like personally, I feel like my blends are equal, you know, to, you know, somebody doing the bug pen thing. And I just feel like a little more time. Yeah. With color, I find bug pins, um, they're not bug pins, but regular needles. I, I almost want those colors to be playing right next to each other if they're blending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to be so close tight together. They can be spread out a little bit because over the, the eye will still take it in as, yeah. as a color. The, uh, the uh, eye is an amazing thing. The brain is an amazing thing. And it's, it's cool how I can put things together and, you know, yeah, I just finding out about that. Like uh, my whole life, I saw shit in the closet. You know, you'd always see demons, and they're actually saying that your your brain's programmed to see faces. Oh yeah. Okay. So All they're right. saying. So I don't know. I think I like that though, because I always see, like, if someone comes to me with a with a cover up that they need cover it up, and as long as they're like, demons and wicked clowns are cool. It's like that's what I see on your arm, anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes yeah, it'll yeah. be in the freckle or the hair pattern or something, but you're just like, I see something there. Yep. We're going to work with that because I see it. Let's release this demon. Let's release this demon onto the world. Through your release skull. the Kraken. Through your, yeah, through your skull. I like that idea, right? That uh, those demons can actually protect us, right? I mean, you put gargoyles on the sides of buildings for that reason. Well, so. let's, let's go with Japanese tattooing. Mm-hmm. If you fucked with by anything put a fox on you nothing fucks with a fox no well what about the hunter well i'm, I'm talking like japanese mythology like okay nothing know, fucks like, with the fox because the fox fucks with everything bad otherwise yeah, they're tricksters you don't want to fucking you don't want to get on their bad side so like you know you get a big fox back piece or whatever in japanese culture and it's like it's it's almost like a as pseudo spiritual armor you know like yeah like, the the bad juju is not going to mess with you because you have this avatar on your back or whatever and it's it's protecting you basically you know i know that it works i don't know if the fox works necessarily i know that the tattoo like when i got my neck tattooed i have dealt with so few karens since then (laughs) when'd you get tattooed on your neck my throat my whole throat's done right right and uh and that just that just makes some people think that they shouldn't talk to me and they're generally right absolutely (laughs) and i'm generally the happier for it you know yeah why did i start getting tattooed so all you fuckers leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck it or or, uh you know i did it to get laid well well, come on yeah did you get did you get laid before you got tattooed no you were getting tattooed at 14 you were doing tattoos yeah i I was getting a little action but um nothing too crazy back then i Um, certainly was not and after tattooing it like opened up a whole world. A whole new world. Yeah. It got to feel like a rock star feels when he picks it like uh, what Keith Richards, ugly motherfucker. He picked up a guitar <laughs> and was like, this bitch is so my dick. <laughs> and she loves it. Yeah, she, sucks like she, she says, put the guitar on your back. That's a poor ICP. I think about them sometimes that same situation. They put on clown makeup and the girls liked them. But now you yeah. got to wear clown makeup in bed. And that means your pillowcases are just covered in that shit. <laughs> Wasn't there a sneaker convention next door at the same time as the tattoo convention? 
Oh, I don't remember. Where was that? Was it Tampa? Was it? I didn't. I thought it was like Georgia. It. You know what? I think it might have been Atlanta. I don't remember. They run together. Damn it. Um, <laughs> they do. My brain doesn't work for it no more. People will remind me all the time. They're like, oh no, man, that was fucking Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I don't even think I was at Cincinnati. <laughs> but I remember. I don't. That. I barely. I, I I don't remember the place that we go to. It seems until we start checking in the hotel, and I'm like, oh, we've been here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like seven years in a row now. <laughs> okay. This is the bar we go to, and this is the. Yeah, okay, I know where we're at. You got to get there before you're there. What do you think heaven's going to be like, man? We're going to have all these places in our heaven, but they're going to be within walking distance to each other. You know, it's going to be like Ebor cities right next to Mil- Minneapolis fucking karaoke right? bar. Like a dream. <laughs> yeah, you can go from like Tampa a- heat and just be like, it's too hot. Just step over and to Minneapolis for a while. Tiki bar is still there. Who's Tiki bar? No, the Minneapolis karaoke bar is still oh, there. Yeah. They shut last year, I think, because of COVID. Or they've changed locations, and it's like so far away that it's like nobody bothers to try to do karaoke there. Oh, really? It's not at the same spot then at all? Uh-uh, no. They, they shut down, and they changed locations, I believe. Through- we didn't really leave. When we got to Minneapolis in the summertime, we were like, <laughs> I don't we know have- if we need to go anywhere. On in the summer, we were like kept walking around behind the back of the building, the hotel, and there's like yeah. this park back there. And we were actually like me and a Troy and like a bunch of the like road crew, like Neil was there, Frank was there, Carl was there, like Rob was there, and this is all like a bunch of road crew people and some tattooers. But we're like climb this like waterfall pyramid, and we're all sitting on top of this waterfall pyramid, drinking beers and shooting the shit, and like, like we're standing like around a fucking like right outside the convention just bullshitting it was it was so much fun right by the isn't there a gay um underwear store or something right there by the liquor store yeah that's that's like not where i'm talking about (laughs) okay like if you hotel took a left and then another left there's like a walking trail back there there's like what is that store i'm thinking of because i gotta give it a better description than gay underwear store but i'm not wrong am i isn't like they only sell gay underwear or something out of us going there by like g-strings and shit to go swimming at the pool just to be funny um (laughs) but it is that it is that thing i want to say rainbow road (laughs) rainbow road okay that does sound like it i'm probably wrong but there's a little like out like a little booze store right there and then there's the Mm -hmm. the gate place and then there's a vietnamese food where that has amazing lotus something um yeah that, and, and then there's the, a fountain across the street then how far away from that is it actually it's like the block over you know but it's like okay it's still behind the hotel but it's like you got to walk like a block behind the hotel almost to get to it and it's like this nestled away little nook and honestly like it's really nice back there and it was nice to actually like enjoy it because it was summer out there but <laughs> That's I think we were scared. I don't know. I think that you're right. The COVID's got people a bit on edge or something. So all the lack of communication or what? Smoking crack right out in the open out there numerous times. In oh, fact, okay. some of them tried to integrate with our nighttime activities after the show the one night. Uh-huh. But this one dude just 
had no teeth left, just rattling his jaw, like, fucking, you guys want to smoke some of this with me? And I'm like, no, dude, none of us do. (laughs) That's awesome that he offered, though, really. It was very nice of him. Yeah, I mean, because that is the one thing that he loves. And he's homeless, so, like, he probably ain't got a bunch of it, you know? Right, yeah. It was Unless very, he was trying to size you up to rob from you or something or tell you the second one is going to cost you. Right. There you go. He's like, let me get these boys hooked to support my habit. <laughs> yep. I know a place we can get some more, but it's like, a little pricey. Yeah. I'm like, no bueno, man. Thank you. Have a nice day. You're not smoking the crack rock anymore. Huh? You ever do the addictions? The addictions? Have I been through yeah. addictions? Oh yeah. Oh, not not like twelve steppers, uh, but yeah, definitely had some issues and stuff back in the day. Thank goodness I had a kid and like set myself right on that. Um, Straightened you up a bit, having to look at life as an ad- through adult eyes. Yeah, well, like it's basically straightened myself up a bit because I'm tired of looking at myself be a fuck up and it's having consequence on another living entity. You know. So <laughs> so it's really looking at yourself through kid eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not wanting to be the fuck up in the kids eyes. Yeah. That w- that's what did it for me. I'm 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 cool with it. Uh, me too. Wow, how old's your little guy? Uh my youngest is 19. Little. Yeah. <laughs> fucking 19. That's a little bit older than I thought, I guess. Taller than me. Right on. Yeah. I, I I forget how old we are. My my daughter is 26. Ooh. Yeah. That, it's 26. I keep on wanting to say 24 because it just don't seem right. Yeah, I know. I get lost on the oldest one, too. I think he's 26, too. I'm not wrong, right, Candy? She can't be 26. I'm still going <laughs> to this. All right, never mind. Enough about my stupidity. I know my granddaughter is four. Oh. I know the important ages. You ain't got no grandkids yet? Not yet. Not yet. I got my fingers crossed for you. Well, I mean, it might be a cool experience. But and I guess we should we should probably wait to he finds a good girl, I guess, before we just start being like, hey, knock some hooker up. Yeah, please. I honestly he will. He's he's like, you know how like your your parents are always like, you better be better. Your kids are gonna be shitheads if you're not. And then uh-huh. like I, I was kind of a shithead. I wasn't like bad, bad, but I was kind of a shithead. And like my kid is not. I'm 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 pretty fucking confident that he's not a shithead and and he'll probably get a really good woman and like they'll probably like never fight and just be happy together (laughs) you know i'll take your word on it's awesome Uh, i don't know he's he's a rat seems boring without a good fight though because you know then you you gotta get get the makeup sex yes that's the good stuff right there Yeah. sometimes i sometimes we fight just so we can that's why me and candy we got a plan every time we check into the hotel just like let's, <laughs> let's get the fight out of the way now in the lobby in front of everybody you know everybody. i act like an asshole in front of the concierge and then she acts like a bitch <laughs> like we short temper and then we go upstairs fucking knock it out we're ready for the weekend oh, shit man sounds like it no <laughs> <laughs> it's a plan huh you can try it the next time I'm, I'm, in fact, once I get off the phone with you, I'm going to go start a fight. <laughs> right let me know how it goes. I'll let you do that now. Uh, um, man, it's right. been great talking. And we look forward to seeing you in at least Baltimore. I do know I did get that one right. Tell me I didn't get that one right, Candy. I dare you. I dare you because we'll fight. 
be physical. <laughs> we'll get, we'll both, we're going to go get that fight on right now, too. You all go right. get your fight on. We're going to go get our fight on. And then we're going to be a good relationship status tomorrow. Good. This is called Fight Club. <laughs> this is the new Fight Club. Yes. Fight, club. fight to Fuck Club. That's what it's fight. called. The Fight to Fuck Club. Now that's something I fight about. I can't get her. Uh, she can't. She don't get horny just looking at me anymore. I got to let her smack me in the face. <laughs> you are wrong about Baltimore. Whack. Kind of arouses me too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the video, bro. All right. <laughs> we love you, Dale. We'll talk to you, you again soon. Thank you much. No bro.